You are listening to Unapologetic Talk, brought to you by We The People. Bringing some common sense with a little New York disrespect. We The People, for the people, by the people. Yeah! What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? It's Relly Rebel. It's Don's Cartier. Rudy Fraser. It's Unapologetic Talk. Yeah, welcome to a new, uh, I guess, a new year and shit. We can't say a new season, because we had like a little like little break and shit like in between. But, um... Yeah, happy New Year's, y'all. Um, yeah, shit. Yeah, man, we got a, we got a new logo coming. We got the new intro coming. We got a whole bunch of shit coming for the New Year. We got a um, uh, we got a fire ass interview today. Um, from from the brother Hawk Newsom. Um, yeah, I missed that shit. I was in court. Yeah, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, I, I wish you could have been there because uh, it was uh, y'all know he uh. Got spicy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hawk is uh, he was. I I thought it was uh, kind of fire because it's unapologetic talking. I, I felt like Hawk was uh, he came in and talked unapologetically. He talked uh, he talked um, nothing. I think like he got the you know what I mean uh, here. I I I think he got to voice a lot of shit that people don't hear or or get to see where he coming from. I wish he was there because y'all could have combated like on um certain topics that some you know what I mean. Topics. Yeah, some controversial topics that y'all have. Because he was willing to get into all that. He, like he uh when he came to do the interview he called um he called me and was like, Let's get into everything, everything that you know what I mean, that, that that people um because I guess he don't I guess get to like he's always uh when he whenever he's uh says something that people don't like uh people go at him and he just uh sometimes they get a nasty response sometimes because there's so many people going at him so um i think that was like it would have been good for like you like i said for you to be there so um you know what i mean y'all gonna have that conversation and uh yeah but I, I thought it was a great interview i thought that you know what i mean um him and rudy had some had some good conversations about a couple of things um and i think he like 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 i said like everything that 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 um, the stigma uh, about him, I guess he was ready to like, you know what I mean, lay it on the table and, and like talk about it and get down to the bottom of it. So I thought that was fire. But, um, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't, I'm not from here. So I don't know all, you know what I mean? And what I see, like I said, when I see some of the stuff that, that, that people send me that Hawk posts is, is uh, to me, I said like, uh, I might not agree with it, but I don't think it's like oppressive or anything like that. And that was the whole, um, you know what I mean? Um, that's why, I, like I said, yeah, I wanted you there for that. But um, yeah, fire. It was a fire interview. And I'm um, always Sister Siobhan, um, Greater BLM, um, Black Ops. They they gave a great interview and they they do a lot for the people. So uh, yeah, Hawk Newsom, check it out. Excited to see. Wow. Yeah. All right, y'all. It's time we're gonna get into our special guest. God damn it, I've been out here with them for like three years too. Um. But they've been, uh, y'all, y'all know, y'all, y'all know my whole history and everything. But um, they've been Hawk has been out here since. Uh, did you start with Eric Gardner or was it before then? Trayvon. Trayvon. Two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven. Okay, so yeah. all right, two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven. So damn, he's like you, like eleven, twelve years in. I'm talking yeah, about, I'm talking about like this is. Now I'm not talking about like 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 pros. I'm talking about being on the front lines and being an activist and and, and being in um in the center of the you know what I mean center of attention. You've been holding down New York. I guess since that long, you know what I mean? Sure. We've been seeing, yeah, since, uh, dang, man, yeah, we seen, we seen, we seen Skinny Hawk, now we got Vic Hawk, Hawk Zay. Hawk we out Most. this motherfucker, so you've seen the growth of Hawk, and you've seen him been out here, um, this, uh, one of the things that, that really, like, like, uh, 
that I was like, you know, inspired by was like the Summer of Hope to see y'all, what y'all did with the Summer of Hope. Right. Um, it's man, it's, it's it's you got you have a whole bunch of accolades like behind yeah. you. Um, you know, you have you have a charter school. I could, um, yeah. I, well, I, I like to. I'll give it to him straight. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Um, we were shutting down the city for Trayvon, shutting down bridges and all that for Trayvon. Eric Gardner hit. We was in the streets for thirty days straight. Crazily, it was around this same time of year. It was December 3rd when they acquitted the cop to kill Eric Garner. We was out there for 30 days straight. Then we was part of a march that following year down to Washington, D.C., right? Then we founded Black Lives Matter Greater New York a year and a half after that. We went to the Republican National Convention and said we ain't voting until Black Lives Matter. So all these things people talking about withholding your vote, the power of the black vote, the Dems don't really rock with us, the Republicans don't care. We've been on that timing since 2016. 2017, Charlottesville, the riots, we was frontlining, cracking them white supremacist heads open, right? A lot of niggas, yeah, a lot of niggas, Charlottesville, a lot of people were sitting at home commentating and, and yickety yak, but no, we was out there. So oh, uh, January 1, when Donald Trump was arrested, what's the queen name? Oh, God. Corinne Gaines. Cops was beefing with her, picking on her. They came to her house. She had her son in one hand and her shotgun in the other hand. Cops murdered her. When Donald Trump was inaugurated, I'm sorry, I get choked up. When Donald Trump was inaugurated, her mother was crying on my shoulder. Then niggas went and got, we got it on in DC. You saw the, the, the limo spray painted and the pepper spray and the everything. And I was out there for that, right? So there was a lull in time, kind of like now, where People ain't outside for black people no more. People outside for everything else. God bless Palestine. Freedom to you. River to the sea to you. Right? But people wasn't outside for black people, but they're outside for everything else. We held down the city in that time. And then, you know, you know what happened after 2020. But you want to add anything on it, though? Um, oh, real quick. When you see Hawk, you always see the lovely Siobhan. Out there, yo, talking some powerful shit, yo. I know when, when Shavon get on that bullhorn, yo, it gets me like, you know what I mean? Get to, ah, yeah, 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 turn up. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Siobhan is um heavily educated and getting on the TV talking <laughs> that shit, man. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead, talk, Siobhan. Um, we have just been fighting liberation, like, on all like the first march and this wasn't full time that we attended was for Sean Bell um, when the police killed him the night before his wedding the night of his bachelor party so that was like the first protest but it's kind of in me and Hulk's blood right we don't have any super famous parents yeah. but our parents actually met in the Bronx in the late 60s while protesting for black history to be taught by black people so even without the terms activists being thrown around I think it's rooted in our core as a family uh, to stand up for the little guy to fight for injustice, to help people with rent stabilization. Like we were giving back before anyone ever put a name on it, a hurricane in the Caribbean, before, <laughs> before these terms. So that's the thing. I, but I guess for me, um, I was behind the scenes. Like no one knew I existed until 2019. Everyone thought the Hawk was like this only child. Um, but from initiatives from politics, 
politics around the nation to financial literacy. I was a financial advisor for some time. Um, we have been helping black people on all fronts. I think for me, um, what really made me do it like full time was like, that's it. I actually got fired um, from a, a major financial firm, a Fortune 60 company, because they found out that I had started Black Lives Matter Creating New York. So I was kind of like the spook who sat by the door. <laughs> I was the person who no one really knew. It's like, oh, she has on her good suits and all this stuff. And um, Congressman Jose Serrano was his last name, right? Long-term, um, he was an activist who turned politician, represented the Bronx, and Falk and some other folks had asked me to run for Congress. So it was like, shucks, I can't like hide behind. I can't duck the heat, right? Add my big brother, I can hide behind while the world's throwing like daggers at him. It was fun back then though, because I used to clap back on everybody, right? Mm -hmm. On social media, like I was a little troll for him. Mm -hmm. um, but I came out and I ran for Congress. Um, we were fighting for uh, Eric Gardner. We went down to protest the DOJ. We got laws passed, um, the Andrew Kears Act. Like our work for us to have such a small group and to be one in New York City, actually the nation's most hated activist group ever um we've passed so the many uh, the nation the nation oh, the one of the yeah. nations uh, NWA, one of the united states of NWA. america with three k's um the world like hates us like the amount of death threats we've received um the amount of hate we receive internally even coon ass niggas hating yeah, like, yeah. That, oh, that's how okay i say yeah. internally and you say yeah. that's how the niggas yeah. hate um so yeah um we just keep we just keep going like we're expanding our efforts. We've done humanitarian work in Texas, Australia, in France, um, around the city, uh, so Atlanta, Haiti, DR, um, Africa, Africa. Um, yeah, um, I was in the middle of two beefs in Africa in the Horn of oh, Africa. Um, yeah, the Ethiopians hate me. The Sudanese hate <laughs> some, me. Some, 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 some love me. Some love me. Um, their diplomats don't because they threaten me on Twitter. But um, yeah, so we're there whenever there's an injustice that happens to black people. We're going to be on the front line, whether it's fighting our coon ass mayor, Eric Adams, how we took so much heat from that. The world doesn't even know, like, he got us blackballed. It's yeah. funny. He, the city turned on us, the government turned on us, and our own people even turned on us. Right. And um, I just want to say people who are out there, rain, sleet, or snow, being that person, for years, I respect seeing that in y'all. Right on. You, yeah, we the people, you. that's real shit. Because everybody go home, bro. But you know what it's like to be out there. You know what it's like to be out there when it's 20 niggas. You know what it's like to be out there when it's 20,000 niggas. And I salute you for it. Yeah, that's why, I mean, but that's why I took my hat to you too. Because like you said, 2012, and this this fight is it, it, it's wear and tear uh, mentally and physically. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's why I said it's like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and bro, nobody can deny like what you do for the people. The people, you know what I mean. That's what I said. Like so, when you when you talk on the haters too, I want to get into that too. But um, when you when you when you speak on them, um, like I I be having my good days and my bad days, right? Word. All right. So um, what? Damn. What? You you got something real quick, or you wanna? I could jump in and start. Right, no, uh, yeah, hold on. I'm bringing my question back because I want to I want to word it right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess jumping into it, I'm curious, like, so you mentioned y'all out here for for all black lives, right? And it sounds like inside, outside of America, the whole diaspora. What is your kind of like, like, um, what is your vision, I guess, of like executing on that for, for all these different, all because the, all these different areas, you mentioned a lot, you mentioned Sudan, 
We got Congo. <laughs> like Congo is in the news, right? Uh, you know, uh, we have the 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 struggle and fight against anti-blackness and white supremacy here at home. That could look different in the north, in the south, mm-hmm. different state to state. But like, how how do you kind of wrap your head around all that, and how are y'all trying to like approach that generally? Pause. I ain't wrapping my head around nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bugging with you, young blood. But <laughs> you get your tomahawks. I know. Yeah, I know. It's all love, baby. It's all love. But um, great question, right? Because I like to clear the air. I'm a black man, right? But I'm black American first. You dig? I'm southern black as they come. Pops is a swamp nigga from North Florida. Mom's from South Carolina. Both of them, my relatives more than likely, both came into the same port of Charleston, South Carolina. You feel me? But saying that I'm black American first is a sense of pride to me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm proud of my roots. No different than a Jamaican over here on Flatbush. Respect, road boy, back in the yard. You know what I'm saying? Like Nigerian. A proud Nigerian saying they from Wakanda. But for me to say, you got to think of how white supremacy, your name is Rudy, right? Yeah. Brother Rudy, think about how white supremacist tries to keep black Americans down. Every other black person can say that they're proud of where they're from. But when a black American says it, he's anti-black immigrant. Ain't that wild, bro? Ain't that wild? When a black American says it, it's like, well, what about other black people? Bro, I love all my people, red, black, and green. I'm a Garvite to an extent, but I care about my folks first, right? But what does that mean? Years ago, when Trump had the travel van, we was the people out there saying, hey, it was all Muslim, right? Everybody out there was Muslim. You remember the travel van under Trump? Donald Trump came out with a list of countries and said, this is where all the terrorists are coming from. None of them were like African. Right, right? Most of them were African. Yeah. Nobody knew about this. We was the ones out front saying, yo, check this out. I think it was seven on the list, four were African nations. That's how we give it up, right? Uh, it's more Africans in my school, in our school, uh, run that was founded by Mario Banabi, but it's, you know, one of our core members. Um, it's more Africans in our school than black. I live in the Bronx. Most of my work is in the Bronx. So that means the majority of the people I serve are black, are, are, are West Indian, African, Puerto Rican, and Dominican. The minority of the people that I serve are black. So it's, 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 it's white, like I said, white supremacists got people so twisted. When I say I'm black American first, they, oh, what you mean? What about everybody else? But look at my work product. Um, I think that our goal, right, and it's the same as like Martin Luther King in terms of the eradication of poverty. But to, before we even get to that point and what Hawk was talking about, about us being black American first, right, we need unity within that, right? We need to stop tearing each other down. We need to stop murdering each other. Um, and we need to start focusing on black economics because we see every other more minority group from Asians to the queer groups, everyone pooled their money together, they purchased, and they purchased their power. And I guess in America, you could say they purchased their whiteness. Um, So what we did first was (laughs) um, they purchased their whiteness, right? Because once everybody gets some rights and some funding, they hate the black Negro, and they are nothing like us. So um, our goal is, one, to educate our people. That's why we have the Bronx's only free Montessori school. 
Um, we plan to take this program, uh, Hope for Jackson, where it's kind of like the black national, it's the black capital. It's like 82% black, and black people were murdering each other at an alarming rate. So we developed about two summers ago something called the Summer of Hope. And it kind of came off of people calling us out, but like, what about black people? And you know everyone using that made-up as term called black on black crime, which does not exist. Crime is about pro proximity. Crime is about who you live near. If I was Asian and lived in an Asian community, I'd be harming those folks because that's just the way it goes. Um, so we found a way with love, right? As radical as we are, as revolutionary as we are, we found a way to end gun violence because shootings were down 40% in our target area, which happened to be in Harlem. Um, we found a way to do that with love. I'm talking about we had the dope boys and the shooters and the drillies, and everyone was outside painting, eating barbecue, um, grown men playing, um, what is it, the cornhole game, you know, we throw the little bag. Yeah. Um, and it was so beautiful to see generations together. I'm meaning from grandma down to the newborns. And it worked. In two weeks, we didn't say anything, actually, about don't kill each other. We just said show people love and what it looked like to be cared for. Now, our program, of course, is extending to more than that, to job opportunities, because every year we employ about 75 kids. 76% of them come from single-parent homes. Um, about 62% of those kids actually contribute to their household. So we're um, attacking intergenerational wealth. We've decided that it's much easier to employ children and allow them a way into a professional career and also help their household. So we have a variety of programs, but it all starts around black uni unity and economics and ending the murder. So if anyone's interested in that, like reach out because we've had this curriculum when the world went on fire for George Floyd, right? When everyone and their mama was a protester, we actually locked into a think tank. We were on the ground, on the run. That's a story for another time, <laughs> time in Minneapolis. But we came back, um, Hawk flew out to LA to meet with some folks, um, and the team stayed here. We protested during the streets, and then we locked into Mario's house. Um, he had this little hidden place in the Bronx, and we came up with 24 points of legislation. And out of that legislation, about seven of them, our organization has gotten passed. Hawk will tell a story about um, how some of those bills got passed in a little bit. But, um, yeah, like, the thing about our team is, right, they see us yelling, they see us arguing. Um, with oppressors, but they don't realize that we're, we're like really strategic. As like mm. most people come out and we need those people, like those people who see this, see the news and get fired up and they protest and they march, we need you because that's 5% of the work. Now the other 95% is legislation. It is feeding people, it is employing people and it's having a freaking plan. Because none of this works. Like, it, like, what's power if you have no plan how to use it? Um, we've been fortunate enough to have members who've came, who've gone, some who've stayed, to be really brilliant minds. So um, we have a well-executed plan. We just need black folk to get on board. That's what's holding us up. Let me mansplain this. But sister's 100% right. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, it's real. I think the most important thing she said was, Unity. We can't unify with nobody. I love our white allies. I love, I love everybody who come to help. But until we learn how to unify and work together, we are hopeless. Okay. Now everybody's mad at Israel right now for good reason. But look at what they did. They was facing annihilation. Look at how powerful they are right now. They got the power to annihilate a whole people. Mm -hmm. 
and have the world co-sign it like it's okay to kill a whole people. That's power. You know what that power came from, Brother Rudy? Unity. That was yeah. heavy, right? Yeah, that was I heavy. was like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I hate that. I hate that they 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 doing that right now. But yeah, yeah that was that was kind of heavy. We're good. It's filthy, but look at the power behind look at the it. Power behind it. Like, and I, black I, people have that power. I think that's why we are successful, right? There are not too many, and this is all God given. People hear God, they cringe. That's cool. My Jesus Christ was a revolutionary who went up in these fake churches and flipped over tables and cursed people out and was arrested by the cops and, cr and crucified and killed like every other black revolutionary. Right That's my Jesus, not this, what they be out here pumping. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus hung out with the crooks, okay, and the hoes, okay? That's who Jesus kicked it with. We are in a church right now. Like, like I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm out here. God strike me down if I'm lying. Like, this is, so, so on God, and all credit goes to God, we are extremely strategic. Why? Because we can look at an enemy and say, this is evil, sinister, and abominable. But look at what they're doing here. That's brilliant. Look at their propaganda machine, how that operates. Here's how they're failing. Here's how they're winning. Most people can't get past the you are my enemy and the emotional to get to the strategic. Zionism has been, unfortunately, a unifying force for, for many, and uh, it has resulted in the pain and suffering of the Palestinian people, which is terrible. Um, but I, I understand what, you, what you're talking about in terms of how it has been able to unify people around this rallying call of never again, and it, you know, which is why it's also important for the, having these Jewish allies who are like, never again for anyone. Um, but, uh, Siobhan, you had mentioned, uh, legislation as like a means of affecting change. How, so, but also y'all say like Democrats aren't our allies, which I agree with, uh, Republicans have not been as well. Um, how do you square affecting change in Congress? I know you, you had ran for, yeah, you ran for Congress. How do you square that and like under, do you think that like there's a two party system for the most part in this country trying to affect these changes? How do you build allyship to get these laws passed? I gotcha. yeah. um, black folks need to realize that neither party give a shit about us, right? Malcolm X told us the wolves, the wolves in sheep clothing. The Democrats prosper off of our pain. You see how the dollar as G, young Jeezy would say is not circulating right now, right? The Republicans do not even wanna be a part of the chats. They're rooted in racism and they talk about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, but as Martin Luther King said, that's really hard when a man has no boots. What for black people to win, right? They need to stop worrying about who's, who's in the party and they need to start thinking about the candidate, right? Black people, we give away our vote for free and we feel like we're doing the greatest thing because say 96% of us are the reason why Joe Biden is currently in office. Now say have black people made politicians hustle for their votes. I'm talking about a little bit more than turkey drives and them popping up at your neighborhood block party or them knowing your name because that's enough for people for them to be able to reach out and speak to a politician. But what if we pull together our resources, right? And we voted as a block and we determined by each candidate hey, this person is going to pass our legislation. Because remember, Joe Biden sold us on the George Floyd Act, right? It was beautiful. We were all riled up. We were in the streets. That bill is dead. 
okay? They were even leaning towards defunding, but in his infrastructure bill, to receive federal funding, municipalities and states could not actually defund their police departments. So instead of us just giving away our votes because that's how grandma and nana and papa and them voted, we didn't think about whether the person was Republican nor Democrat, and we thought about what the hell they're going to do for black people. What funding is going to go into our communities? What things are going to happen? Because at my core, right? Say my parents were raised in segregation. My mother used to sit in a doctor's office for blacks only. We're talking about and pick cotton. At, yeah, my mother used to pick cotton, right? So because we know after slavery became sharecroppers and all those other things. And yeah, my family picked freaking cotton, and my dad was doing lumber and wood there. So right, we're talking about at our core. For these things to change, right, and for black people to have liberation, we need to understand the power of the vote and not give it away because someone's waving and smiling at us. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see how the gays were really smart to do with the gay community, um, the LGBTQIA community were really smart with Bill Clinton is actually how it started. They gave his campaign $4 million, and out of that, we had Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That's where gay folks got the protections in the military. Then it went a little bit further. They co- collected more money, and then they gave Barack Obama money, and then you've seen that gay folks were now allowed to get married. If black people started thinking along those power structures in terms of supporting candidates with money, and I'm going to do a shameless plug, we have Justin Moore, our good friend running for Congress down in Dallas, Texas, right? He's a civil rights activist, little baby big company. He's going to hate that I said that. But um, if we pool and we give money to black men and black women, or even white folks, dare I say, who are going to get our laws and our bills passed, black people will see themselves in a better spot. As we've seen with um, the Stop Asian Hate, right? A lot of activists got tired of fighting for black folk and they went out there and they did that and they were really helpful in getting anti-Asian hate laws passed. We haven't seen the Asian sense, no problem with them, but we we haven't really seen them back on the ground with black folk. they realized they had all the politicians come out and they received tons and tons and tons of money. Right. And it wasn't like the Asians were screaming, we love the Democrat Party. We love the Republican Party. No, they voted as a block. They voted as one. And if black people get back to that oneness, that unity thing, we'll have the politics we desire because politics do work. Let's be real. If it wasn't for legislation, marginalized people would still be in shackles. So it does work. But it's like we have to make the government work. They need to bring back that. I'll stop talking. But they'll, um, they need to bring back, what was that conjunction, junction, with your function? Yeah. Black people really need to understand civics in our community and need to understand how politics work. We need to show up to the polls and show up with our dollars. Um, I think I just want to make a connection because you were talking about the LGBTQ plus community and Obama. Let me show you what money do. Obama was against gay marriage. They had money and power. Obama said civil union. That money and that power flipped him. He didn't have a greater moral awakening or anything like that. It was the money and the power. So when you talk to me about power, young brother, I'm going to tell you a story. A lot of people might not like me. I'm not a very likable person. Why? Because I speak truths, even when they're not popular. I speak for black people, not black activists, not black woke folk. I speak for black people in the hood. At their kitchen It's an important table. distinction. It is. It, is. it really is. Because who do we represent? And we're, we're too busy telling our people what they want instead of speaking for them. Right? I know you, you agree with me and I lost my train of thought. Because it's beautiful when we can connect, right? Um, when we start thinking about 
black people in voting, we need to understand the dynamic of power. My sister said we was the second day we was on the ground in, in Minnesota, we got ran out of there, okay? When they started talking about outside agitators, they were talking about us. Some, somebody got real happy and spray painted BLM NY on one of the buildings, right? And they were showing a burnt down building saying outside agitator and then showing BLM and Y graffiti the on CNN. Article. Then the New York Times put us on the front page in front of the precinct across from where Wells Fargo got burned Burning. down. Nigga, you know what it's like to be hot, like on fire? Like they call us like, yo, they about to come hotel to hotel. Word, we just out of there. 30 minutes flat, whole team, word. And you got, you know, you got a lot of people who down, I'm from the hood, and these niggas is, we, we making a getaway right now. <laughs> now it's time, okay, you from where you from? Act like it. Shut up and make more niggas like. They were scared. Like bro, I forgot my yeah, wallet. Yeah, you want not everybody. Like elevator. We, exactly. You want? Should we give the keys back to the hotel manager? Nigga, <laughs> nigga, what you talking about? They supposed to think we still here, bro. And when I got the car and scooted up, everybody got in. We in the truck. I bust the left. Word. We get down to the end of the block. It's a roadblock. It's four cop cars. When you talk about your heart jumping out of your body. So we just politely turned and made a U-turn and just drove. We didn't know where we was going. We just drove for three hours. Now, a large, for real. So when we start talking about power, Governor Andrew Cuomo was a piece of shit as a politician. But as a man, was a gangster. Moved like an OG in your hood. Straight up. I'm just being real with you. He moved. Yeah. So, so Governor Cuomo, I'm gonna tell you, as a politician, you just like him, but as a man, you sit down and he be like, "Yo, this is what it is. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. This is what I won't do. This is what I will do." So he called me when everything was on fire, right? He like, "Yo, Hawk, real shit." He was like, "Yo, Hawk, you know, it's a lot of people out here claiming they BLM, and you've been carrying it for so long, playing my ego." Right. Right. And then what everybody say? Hawk loves what? Say it, nigga. Hawk love what? Really? What they say? I love the cameras. Oh yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, you gotta say the activist. No, 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 no. No, the activist would say he takes up a lot of space. Fuck my fuck out of here. He takes up so much space. But when I get in front of there and I'm taking up space, am I putting out nothing but real shit and facts? Yes. So Not his cash app. So the nigga, the nigga, <laughs> nigga's personal cash app. Leave me alone. Um, what's his name? So, so. That's what they say about me now. I get too much camera. Yeah, nigga, fuck out of it. It's the work. I guess what I told myself. I'll be outside, bro. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you it, it's going to be there. So, boom, check it. Minnesota. We just got back. City on fire. He like, yo, Hawk, people trying to take credit. All these new organizations jumping out there. Let's solidify you as the leader of Black Lives Matter. Let's put you on a commercial. Who did? Who did? Cuomo? It's Cuomo. Cuomo. On the phone. We, we, we on 2nd Avenue in, in, in Manhattan. Up east side, get some Italian food. I'm getting fat nigga. Some pasta and some broccoli raw, right? So, 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 so we, we out here and he on the phone. It's me, hun, another one of our colleagues. And he like, yo, I'm going to give you a commercial. You say you're working with the city, with the state, and, you know, kind of mellow things out. You reassert yourself as the leader of Black Lives Matter. And yada yada. I said, nah, check this out. Here's what I want. I want legislative change. Right? We went back and locked in, wrote 20 pieces of legislation or legislative suggestions. Some of them included things that people were working on already. That they couldn't Listen get Listen to me, Rudy. 
Niggas have been working on this shit for 10 years and couldn't get it passed. Shout out to Albany. Yeah. And we got this nigga by the headlock right now because he wants shit to seem cool. Mm-hmm. So now he signed off on five of them joints. So no, right? Hawk didn't take the bag or the commercial. He actually did the legislation that our people need this position. And right? the thing is, I watch people labor to fight to get all this stuff passed. But when we had the power, when we had the streets and the headlock, that's when you make your demands. Mm-hmm. You understand? Real shit, bro. It's beautiful when it work out. Yeah, that's what that's what it is. That's yeah. what the Palestinians got to do right now. They got to, they almost got the way they flood these streets, man. But I mean, not not really. It's nothing we can. I mean, we could get them. I guess to stop sending money over there to certain shits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to stop funding that genocide. But um, that's what they got the power in the streets right now. That's what I told them. They really like. It's, <laughs> no, it's things, are, learn how to turn up. things are changing. Like uh, Bernie Sanders wrote like a letter to for to advocating for a ceasefire now. Like Biden, I think when you talk about the vote. I think it's interesting seeing it play out right now, right? Because it's like there has been mass mobilization globally for Palestine. And Biden was playing it off because it's Biden versus Trump. And I think it's uh, interesting on what y'all's thoughts are on just this upcoming election cycle. But Biden has been playing as like, well, my votes are guaranteed because it's me or Trump. And are you gonna vo- are you just going to yeah. vote for Trump? Is that win again? Remember yeah, he yeah. said if he wasn't right. black. If if we didn't vote for Biden, that yeah. was that was a great one, and he got he got elected. And if you this is real quick, if you think about from the beginning of this thing October seventh to now, because there's so much energy in the street, so much power. Now you have the United States of America; they still on a bully for Israel, but now they're saying things like, "Oh, don't react too harshly," right? Because because. Right. Because he can't, because he, because he was, but he was putting up the front of like, well, you still gonna vote for me, but now it's been two months, people are still in the streets. Now it's like, now it's becoming like, well, people may actually stay home, like they may not go vote. Like realistically, right? All these things are beautiful and ideal, right? And I'd be remiss not to say why Joe Biden. If Joe Biden loved America, he would step down and let someone else run. Because at the end of the day, you see what inflation is like, right? You see what groceries are like. You see how hard it's hitting these communities. Like on the 19th or the 20th, I don't know. We haven't set the date. We need some volunteers. But we're giving away thousands of toys, right? Because the kids will not have toys in our communities, um, Bronx, Harlem, if we didn't do it. Um, The way that Joe Biden, the the reason why people, these people are cooning for Trump right now is because they're broke. Everyone's thinking about the PPP money and everyone's thinking about the stimulus money. And for Joe Biden to actually like win this, for the Dems to win this election, they need to get rid of Joe Biden. They need to start thinking about a clear and cut economic plan. And black people need to start thinking about how do we fall into that economic plan? Because when we see the unemployment rate, right? No matter how good the economy is, we can be throwing money in the middle of the street. Um, black people are still going to have the highest unemployment rate. We're still going to have the wealth gap that's going to affect us and all these other poverty-related issues. But if I, I just go, I have to say it again. If Joe Biden actually gave a shit about the people, he would let another Democrat run. All right. Oh, yeah, we back to you, baby. Let's go. All right, the hate that you get, right? <laughs> what, what? All right, what, when you're out there, when you've been doing your thing and, and you start getting that shit from your own people, right? Yeah. 
do you what what yeah, what what do you go through, bro? What do you like? I, I know I know what happens like when you know what I mean. Uh, it, it depends on if I know that person if I actually been out with that motherfucker. But then some some people it depends on how it comes in. Um, you have a big platform, yeah. So I know you see you boom you, you and you know it's like the gift of curse. You're gonna get love. You're gonna get hate. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, what? Yeah, how does it? Does that fuel your fire, or do it make um, you want to quit, or what? Like, what do you? Here, what do here's here's what it is, right? I think I will pull this one out because me and you talked about this before, right? When they call me transphobic, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. They call me transphobic because I said you will not remove the word mother from this equation. You will not replace mother. And people are like, how dare you say that? How dare you say that? You can't say that. Hold up for one second, right? So you mean to tell me we're going to give trans people the power we gave Jewish people? You see where we at with that. So you mean to tell me we're going to give trans people the ability not to have anybody say anything bad about them? Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody gets that. Black people don't get it. Nobody gets it. They had me on, on the news, national news, and they're like, look at this black girl said. Niggas is, I'm sorry, black folk is robbing Gucci and Louie. And the black girl who's head of her organization down there is like, this is reparations. No, it ain't. No, it's not, black queen. No, it's not. You are absolutely wrong. Reparations is a check, and reparations is money. Nobody is above reprimand. So because I said that, because I spoke up for all the black women out there, all the black uh, 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 biological women, or however you want to call it, because I spoke up for them. Now I'm wrong, but you at the same time they calling me transphobic. You got trans people, you got gay people, you got black women all agreeing with me. Like I said, y'all can have the activism shit. I'm not with that. I'm with real black people stuff. And I'm gonna say, how real black people feel. Will I pay for it? Yes. He's beefing with Eric Adams. He got us blocked out of New York media. Now, there's been times where I was in the, in the news 40 weeks out of 52. This man had us blackball. What? Speaking the truth, saying if you kill one of us, we're going to be out in the streets, we're going to light it up. Ah, 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 ah. I'm going to speak the truth. And if I'm going to be persecuted, then I'm going to be persecuted. I'm not comparing myself to God, but like, this is our walk. We pick up our cross and we walk. So persecute me. Like, like you gotta think about this. Lonnie's an economist. I'm a lawyer. Mario's an educator. Opened the school by 28. The people around us are brilliant. We get resources. We win battles, big battles. After Charlottesville statues, Confederate statues came across down across the country. We passed a legislature. We was the first people to endorse AOC, even though she turned on us. We got power. Nigga, we had presidential candidates sending their teams to the Bronx to talk to us in the hood. We got power. So what would Cointel say to do? Say the worst things you could possibly say about that man. I just want to chime in though. On the trans um stuff like that. I've actually been in Gay City um, News as a heterosexual woman. I do not subscribe to cisgender. Like, I am a straight black woman. Um, 
But let's talk about the work that we did for trans people, right? Before it became cool, before we had all these like new clubs and it became cool to rally on certain days of the week. Where were you in 2019? Where were you in 2018? Because Black Lives Matter Greater New York was there fighting for Laylene Polanco, who lost her life at Rikers Island. Black Lives Matter was there on the ground at Union Square and everyone else calling for the end, the killing of black trans women, right? So say, yes, Hawk and I and a whole bunch of other people agree as we're going to preserve the word mother, right? We're going to show respect to black women who were born as black women. But that doesn't negate the work that we've done on the ground for trans people before people even picked up their activist hat, right? Because everyone started caring about um, black trans... Trans kids housing. Yeah, finding our work with... um, What is it? Because I was actually the grand marshal of the gay pride parade, right? So my work has actually been acknowledged in my work for black trans trans women, right? No one talks about that before people started caring about July and August for of 2020 for black trans women. Where were you in 2018? Where were you in 2017 when black trans women have always been on the ground since who? Since Marsha P. Johnson, members of our organization, but people uh, want to attack the head, right? Because it's white supremacy that tells you to tear down the leader. It's white supremacy that tells you to be mad at Hawk Newsom and Black Lives Matter Greater New York than the same police who ran everybody off the street. Than the same politicians who are the reason why our housing and our streets and our schools are failing. But you know what no one can do who all the haters have to say? Let's compare resumes. All right? I get that everybody likes to march and demonstrate, but what have you done for the trans community outside of doing an internet post and walking around the street? Because Black Lives Matter, Greater New York, we got receipts. We got people we've helped. We have news articles written candidates about these. Candidates we endorse. Candidates, yeah. Like, let's talk trans about the Bronx. Candidates in the Bronx. As homophobic let, as it is. Let, let, let's talk about other, um, in Harlem, we, we endorse Marty Cummings as well. So we've actually empowered people to further advance the trans movement. We've actually took to the street. We've protested. We, I've actually, my conversation with the politician is the reason why the labor board is currently looking into the stats to ensure that trans women can actually get a job. How about that? So, yeah, like. There's hate and then there's work. I'm gonna stand on the side of hey, work. Uh, yeah, bro. I just want to say, like, my um, my my sister's trans, right? Um, so yeah, I, I've been fighting for her since like like 2010. But yeah, I've right been, on. I've been I've been um, you know, nigga, you know I follow you, right? So I haven't. I do see like when you post stuff, how I see it. I mean, I see it because I follow you. But right people would send me, oh, what you think about this? You know what I mean? And I'd be like, and I look at it, and I can honestly say, I don't, I mean, as a person that fights for trans people, I haven't seen anything that made me want to, like, because I will come out and say it. You know what I mean? I have no problem. And, and that's I wanna, what I real men like, do, oh, do this, and do real this, women do. I will approach you like, bro, I don't think you like, you know what I mean? But I haven't seen that, so I haven't, you know what I mean? Because you're more real nigga than activist, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the also, um, the other thing I've seen you in heat for, um, let's get to it. But I, I mean, I, I also... Have, I mean, not unless y'all wanted to touch anything else on, yeah, on trans. We uh, are real, open and real, transparent. Real quick, I just, I just do like to remind people that there are, there are black trans because people try to separate trans uh, issues from black issues, and I just like to remind people that there are black trans people, there are black Jewish people, there when you are outside for all black lives, that touches on a lot of different things. All the intersectionalities, and that's what the damn problem is. You want to talk about 2020, why we don't have everything we should have got from being outside all the time? Because we got outside, right, for a black man, George Floyd, right? 
And then everybody wanted to represent their own intersectionality. It became a fight for black disabled people, black trans people, black this people. Instead of us saying, hey, United States government, we are black people and this is what we have to reckon with. You know how strong we would have been? Instead of everybody starting their own BLM this, their own BLM that, because of hate, right? If you would have got behind the people who've been on the ground since 2012, how much legislation and funding do you think we have? But nah, those people take up too much space. So yeah. why would you get Bunch behind them? Because that'll mess, that, that mess up your camera time, right? But let's go over the camera time, right? Because when we get camera time, we have talking points, guys. We know what we want the media to do for us. We use the media as a tool and a strategy. I don't give a shit. Prior to four years ago, my face was never on the news, and I was totally successful and very cool with that. But the time that the media does want to capture me, because they only care about us during an election season, that's the only time we're going to talk about when Joe Biden's up for office or black lives actually going to matter to the entire country. I'm going to use them to say everything that we as a group need to say, even if the group is too stupid to see that I'm doing it for their own good. I think that um, Gen Z and the activist community is lacking critical thinking skills, right? Uh, we are incapable, well, I, they are. I'm sorry, I, I train, I paid a lot of money to get my mind to where it is. Um, they are incapable of understanding the complexities and the nuances involved in something. Just because I say I don't like reddish rags on your head doesn't mean I hate you, Rudy. It's just saying I don't like this one thing. But where we are right now in this polarized society is if you say one thing, oh, you're on the other side. You understand what I'm saying? It's Democrats and it's Republicans. Now, we can't sit back and say the Republicans do anything good. I'm a sellout. I'm a sellout. Okay, so maybe. No, you're a political operative. I'm a political. Yeah, they call me a political operative. Why? Because it was some Amendment 4 in Florida what gave felons the right to vote before DeSantis, I called Republicans who fucked with me and was like, this is something we could do together. And it was the biggest bill in the history of Florida to get passed. It benefited black people. It gave more black. They they went against their own self-interest. Talk about what you did Because I negotiated felon. that. Where did I do where? 38,000. Oh, in New York, um, Cuomo again. Uh, they wanted me to work on their campaign because they knew I didn't like Cynthia Nixon. You know, that's the chick who was on um, Sex in the City, right? And um, not because, for no other reason. Everybody's like, oh, she's a gay candidate. That's not enough. To be she's still a white opportunist. She's still a white opportunist who's like, oh, I'm an activist. I'm this, I'm that. No, you're not. I don't see you. I'm outside. Well, I'm outside. You understand? In all these years, I've never seen this woman, and now she's an activist running for governor. I do not like you. And then she said, oh, weed is reparations. No, it's not. No, it's not. So, weed? Yeah, yeah, she said weed, licensing. So Cuomo that, wanted that was me like to a take people had. As being able, since people got so locked up in the war on drugs because of weed. I don't, I'm not familiar with it. It's this, not. This Reparations, person, to be like, crystal clear, is a debt owed. 
Slave owners got it. Governments got it. It's because, hey, you put us through all this harm and all this slavery and all this torture. You owe us at the time it was deemed 40 acres and a mule. Now we see in California and around the nation, we have amazing reparation group like Reparation League that we work with, uh, read by Rashad Singleton and other groups because we we have participated in these things. Um, We're coming up with a dollar amount and number for that. But it's a debt owed. It's not a give back for mass incarceration, which started under everyone's hero right now. Joe Biden. That is that is not mm-hmm. that. Nothing but a damn check, and that's why we wear shirts called "Cut the Check." Um, could actually be considered reparations. The check saying, "Hey, America screwed you over, you and your family for generations to come, and we've redlined you, and we've tortured you, and segregated you. Here's some money to help make up for that." That's so, what reparations is. So here's the thing: white people can go out and vote for Obama, and then turn around and vote for Trump. And then turn around and vote for either. Because they, they do that. They vote to their benefit. We don't do that. So back to the 38,000 people, we wrote uh, uh, a few pieces of legislation with high school students. One of those was universal voting rights. Cuomo wanted me to work on his campaign. I said, here's what we want. We had seven different demands. One of the things he passed under executive order was for people on parole to go and be able to vote. Hawk Newsom did that in a motherfucking restaurant in motherfucking Manhattan. On the humble. Niggas ain't even know I had to meet. And the nigga called me, I was in bed with my ex-wife, like, yo, he want to meet you right now. I'm big hawk, all this. But if the governor called of New York and says, we need to see you in an hour, I'm going. Because we got to talk. 38,000 people to write the vote, right? Like, we yield results. It makes sense for these crackers to find people to tell you that hawk ain't shit. Because if you started listening to Hawk, you might fuck around and come up on some liberation. Hello. It makes sense, bro. It makes sense. Yeah, come don't don't stand next to that nigga. So so with all this being said, the 38,000 people to write the vote, there's so many times niggas reached out and we bust maneuvers and made shit happen. Real shit happen for the people. Police in my hood is sitting on top of a store. Frisking everybody who come out. I'll make a couple of phone calls. Ah, ah, ah. The police don't even look at that store no more. You understand? Like, like real shit happens. Like, my block was protected. Protected. They came through and violated. We came out. We activated. Did what we did. Now they left us alone. It's, 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 it's about yielding a result. You understand? And, like, for years, for years, for years... I held my tongue when niggas talked about me. I didn't talk my shit, right? But now you talking about a nigga eight, 10 years ago. Fuck you. This is Hawk Newsom. Here's what I do. Here's what I get done. Fuck you. Fuck your mother. Fuck your crew. Fuck every part of you. Look at what I'm doing for black people. Show me you doing that before you say anything to me. And 99.999 won't say it to my face because I slapped the shit out of them. I'm not a gangster but I'm a strong, proud black man. If you come talking that fuckery to me, I'm gonna take you down, period. And I feel like, I really feel like we've done a lot in New York. And that's why we headed down to Jackson. Cause we going to the mouth, to the mouth of the lion, bro. They ain't killed more civil rights activists in nowhere in America than Mississippi. Nigga is the most impoverished state with the highest murder rate. 
and it happened to be the most racist state. And that's where I'm picking up and saying, hey, I'm spending three days out of my life every week forever. That's where we going. And niggas question me. So do I get hurt? Yeah, I get hurt. But I get angry. But now by the grace of God and through some therapy, I can tell people, fuck you and fuck your mother. Because before, there were parts of me that used to be like, black mental health. Maybe I deserve it. Maybe I deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I wasn't the best person before. So maybe I deserve this shit coming my way. Nah, fuck that shit, nigga. I live like a monk, nigga. I went on, I'm, I'm single. I went on two dates last year. I didn't even party last year. All I do is work and stay in the head house. If I told you how much I had sex, you would think I was lying. Okay, now. No, I'm being real. I'm being real. No, no, I'm a monk, really, really, really. I'm a monk. I don't date. I don't do nothing but work for the people. I'm a monk. Much my sister, Vani, am I lying? I'm a cool. I'm a cool. I'm a handsome nigga. But I'm a nerd who in his house reading the Bible, reading books to help black people, and going out. I went, I went, like, I like he likes to buy little pins. notebooks and pins. Yeah. And then it's like his house is covered with like big post-its and stuff like that with all these ideas and things. And the cool thing is when they get checked off, right? Run an idea, you see it happen. But he's like a dork and nobody knows it. <laughs> and, and, I, and it's like our people see him, right? Because he is pretty large. He's six foot five. Like he's a big, huge black man, <coughs> former college athlete. And the same stereotypes that we work to like shut down, right? About black men, our own people perpetuate towards him, Heavy. which is wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this, in this movement, I've been out, yeah, well, you, well, shit, the last, you know what I mean? You see me yeah. the last three years, I've been boom, boom, but shit, me even, nigga, I don't know what's going on the dates. This <laughs> nigga just be out this like This just be out working. <laughs> like, 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 for real, you like a soldier war. Yeah, Like man. Maximus. Remember Maximus? He was like, oh, I haven't seen my wife in three years. Yeah. It's been 60 oh winters of war. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for no, that. And then when you do date, right? I'm like always surrounded by men. Like no. guys always all the, wear. All the men, I can tell you business. <laughs> All the men she date because she's successful being fake competition with her. <laughs> I was gonna go that deep. Yeah. I was just gonna say about how they think like I'm dating all the activists. Like I've never dated <laughs> activists because I think we're crazy, right? Yeah, we're so, yeah, so precious and stuff like that. I saw Relly with his hand but, on your leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I'm telling you, this work takes over your whole life. Yeah. 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 Um. All right, so. Yeah, with that, with the hate is crazy, but um, all right. So, what I was about to tell you before, I seen something else. All right, well, but I, but Say I it. have my my shit with it too because I do understand. Like it was like what you were saying earlier, like uh, for everybody coming out and and we watch everybody get their shit and we still boom got scarred back with square A and then yeah, you know what I mean. So I it's the know, boom. All right, no, you got yeah, it. Like, it's um, yeah. All right, the migrants. Migrants. Yeah, there you go. We heard you. No, I seen somebody. Yo. You know, they, every time. Hold on, Rudy. Go, where your pit, where your people from? Guyanese. See, oh, G Town. Yeah, uh, GT boy. We, we like. We like in the, in the we're in the rural. I don't know the accent. We're in the rural. Area. <laughs> yeah, you know we're in the rural. Area. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm first generation American. Okay, so yeah, I'm the only out. American in the family. Check this out, oh, right? Me. Check this out. This the shit that I ain't even put on the internet, but I feel like, fuck it, we talking today, I'm gonna make niggas mad as they want. It be black immigrants who come here and be like, I ain't take no handouts. I just work hard and I made it. 
bitch, you a lie. The handout was people like us at this table, black Americans like us, who fought for every fucking right you got. An African could sit here and look me in my face and be like, look at Nigerians. Look at how they go to all these colleges and look at all this. Nigga, it's called affirmative action, and you're welcome. You understand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're welcome. So, so, so here it is again, the lack of being able to critically think. Here's a man saying to you, be grateful for the opportunities that black Americans have granted you before you talk bad about them. Here's a man telling you something, and what I said, think critically. We ask for reparations, there is no. Check. There's no check, right? But there's a check for migrant housing. Yep. There's a check for migrant food. There is a check, we're gonna find money for the Ukraine. We're gonna find money for Israel. You have a check for all that, but you ain't got no check for reparations. Now, if I point that out, I'm a bad person. All right, let me let me jump in on Come a couple on, of things brother. here. Uh, I would say I agree on the first point of like, all right, like black uh, black immigrants because there's um. So I'm a I'm a technologist. I'm not really like uh yeah. That's my main thing. I'm a technologist. I and in the tech industry, black people are hugely underrepresented. Um, one of the biggest black founders, he founded this company called Calendly. It's like a, a um, yeah, yeah calendar scheduling. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, and, uh, but his name is Tope. And I, so I, 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 I connect with him on LinkedIn. I think it's fire because I, I don't see any representation of what it looks like to be a black person who builds a technology company and succeeds at that. But Tope, I started looking into his background and like, God bless him, he's mad successful. He gets mad criticism too and he handles it like a G uh, as well. Um, they've been hating on him since he founded that company. Um, he put his whole like life savings, retirement money into it. But when he talks about his background, he grew up in Nigeria. And so there's a different experience in the diaspora to grow up around all black people. Like the black American experience is unique because you grow up in confrontation with anti-blackness and white supremacy and it defines you differently. My family members also, they have a different, Guyana uh, is, is, uh, is um, came up under like uh, African slavery, also Indian indentured servitude that replaced them after abolition. And so I have both, uh, yeah, colorism, exactly. It's the big thing in, in, in Guyana. So they understand like Indian and 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 black like having yeah, that's the racist term for <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, let but, me let yeah, me qualify but, that. Yeah. yeah. That's what we say in the hood. Yeah, I'm from New York. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, like, no, like, I know, I know. It's like I know. you call me a racist for calling this nigga my nigga. But my bad. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Um but so so I get that when they don't understand, like they like Rudy, why are you outside speaking with the cops? And it's like, and it's like, oh, like the cops here are different. Like the cops here, like you could just bribe the cops. I'm like, but it's it's a different dynamic. They don't understand the American context yeah. of that. Now the next thing with all right, where does funding go to? Then it gets tricky because you have to look at like I, you you mentioned you put Israel and the migrants in the same context. It's different when people of color need help. White people, white countries, Ukraine, Israel, will always get that support and be seen as allies from the American government. Can I jump in? Yeah. I just want to say this. It's to the extent of money leaving and not going to us. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell me why crackers 
in the Ukraine. And fucking Israel is getting all these fucking billion dollar planes. You don't have to break that down to me. What I'm talking about is me saying, I ain't got no coffee for you, but I got coffee for you and you. I get it. I get it 100%. But what I'm saying is, in the context of you don't have money for reparations, but you got money for everything else. Mm. That's what drives me crazy. It's not an affront to anybody. People talk to me. It's, it's funny because a lot of people who come for me, right? So Bonnie broke down the whole how we've done work for trans kids and trans victims of police brutality, right? I could break it down for, for, for I broke it down for migrants, if you was listening, talking about how our school is majority migrant, majority of people we serve, we giving away 3,000 toys on Tuesday, 12% might go to black American kids, right? So yeah, I can make these points, but the people who come for me, this is the wildest shit in America. I feel like pop. This is this, this is the wildest shit in America. The people who come for me, I do more for their people than them. A Puerto Rican activist, actorvis, came for me. Nigga, I do more for Puerto Ricans than you. And you an activist. And you criticizing me? Why? Yeah, Why? I get right? Why? I I'm going to make this yeah, last point because I feel like I'm hogging it. Right? Um, last point. I'm sorry, Bonnie. Um, the Puerto Rican kids and the, and the black kid had a fight on a train. And it was like, we having a unity march. Same thing with the Asians. Fuck your unity march until you show me some conversations and demands. Okay? Because you're going to have to tell me why no black person working no Chinese food restaurant anywhere in the country. Right? You're going to have to tell me why Asians control the hair industry and don't let black people in before you start telling me to stop Asian hate. You understand what I'm saying? So you're going to have to confront the racism in Latinx, Latino, Latina households before you do a, a, a march with me, talking about some unity. And that's real as it come. And if you don't like that, I don't care anymore. Because I know that's the undisputable truth. I'm going to be devil's advocate right now, right? Um, say if our organization, right, with, with our core members and, and, our, and our reach, right, what if we can only cover 13% of the population? That just so happens to be the amount of black Americans, descendants of slaves, living here, right? And I and people have seen it. I, I've taken some slack and heat. Like, why aren't you talking about Palestine on your page? Why aren't you talking about the migrants on the page? Would I be so wrong if I just focused on black Americans and trying to liberate them because it's like 46 million people? Would I be so wrong just to be black first? Because when it's the National Puerto Rican Society, when it's the National, the ADL, the Jewish, the Asians, this and that, I don't see anyone else who's required to use their platform and their voice to speak out on black people. I don't see anyone saying, hey, we got our stuff, but what about black people? Oh, let me put what I'm doing on hold for Puerto Ricans, because actually the Self-Determination Act for Puerto Rico that's currently happening, being argued about in Congress, was actually stolen by AOC for my political campaign and one of my political platform points. And that, that's, that's actually like currently being fought in Congress, because I had to include them, because they're my neighbors, they're my friends, and they live in my community. But what if black people got stolen? What if I was like, I am not using an ounce of my energy because I have a limited capacity, right? I have to worry about my mental health. I have to worry about my family and my balance. What if I could only use my strength for black liberation? 
Am I wrong for that? No one tells the Cancer Society to give up their money for AIDS. No one tells any of these people who are representing anything like People, since we're talking about the diaspora, Jamaicans can be proud. The Niger people can be proud. They can focus on giving money back to their respective countries where they come from because we know Africa's a continent, right? We know we, we know this, and we're, they're focusing on their country. Why is a black per woman, why is a black person, why do I have to lend my black power and excellence to every single cause, and I just can't solely be focused on black people's rights? I, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. If that is somebody's stance, the issue comes down to, and I'm obviously not familiar with the criticism that y'all receive, y'all <laughs> speaking on. But the thing that I see when I see like a Dr. Umar or something, it's not for me. It's not enough to be pro-black because you can repeat the same issues that white supremacy repeats as a black person, and if you aren't aware of or understand the way other people get receive the kinds of prejudice and systems that that oh, oppress them, then it's like, it. yeah, and but it, it sounds power, like you are. And because you say, y'all go with that. Right? Being pro black, that's great. If that's Dr. Umar's lane to tackle entertainment and he's becoming like a big social media influence for him, kudos and great to him, right? We have Tariq, um, who, who's doing his black museum and he's spreading the agenda and the awareness about that, right? But let's, and it's just gonna, I'm just gonna keep saying, stand on the work. Like the work that I've done and the work that we've done and our organization has done for black people, I feel like that's where you should know the effort is to. I feel like the reason why black people don't have liberation is because we're so easily distracted. Mm -hmm. It's like instead of focusing on, hey, this is the end goal, I don't know, to eliminate black evictions, to increase black employment rates, to further, say the district I'm from where I ran in in the South Bronx, only 60% of kids graduate high school, right? Only 10% of them complete college. What if black people was just to focus on a goal for black people and not take their eyes off the prize? We would be in a better place. Like, we just get so sensationalized. And, and this is not mean as a Christian, as a black person, as a human being, as someone who's actually a humanitarian, you can empathize with people, right? You can offer your wishes, your prayers, and all these things. But you have to save yourself first because no other group of people has a problem with putting themselves first. But black people were chastised for using black power. We're chastised for standing in our excellence. And no one ever gets canceled for not supporting us. Um, I think that's another thing. That's another reason why a lot of Jewish people are looking up like, where are our black allies? I've been absolutely outright attacked by Jewish people who've helped me in the past, who've worked with me in the past. Um, I've been attacked, like, where are you for us? Nah, bro, if you know anything about me and my work, there's no way I'm gonna sit back and let a genocide occur, right? But when we start thinking about who we uplift, right? I see folks in this activism world, yeah, you know, I'm not even gonna be petty. Be petty. But, um, no, I don't want. Because they've be been really petty about you. Okay, so people <laughs> want to be clout chasers. People want to be seen next to activists who have clout, activists who stand next to rappers. But you mean to tell me the same people who talk about Hawk Newsom did this and that? or go and stand next to a uh, uh, Russell Simmons. 
or a Diddy who's done allegedly far worse than anything I could have ever dreamed about doing and stand next to them and get that check, right? Mm -hmm. But everybody want to be next to these politicians. I'm sorry, these these celebrities. Rudy, you with me? I'm about to run off the fucking cliff. You trust me with this? You gonna run with me? You gonna run with me? I might got a parachute. I might not. Let me tell you something. Our liberation ain't gonna come from celebrities. Cause, cause, cause they stay they money so tied up with our ops that they cannot step out and be freedom fighters. They can't be truly free. I had a celebrity friend. I told him that the feds came to my jail cell and asked about what me and him was doing. I ain't never heard from the brother again. I love him <laughs> and I get it, right? But you want to talk about real women in activism. I don't care. You got someone to be Instagram models. You got some want to be uh, here with this politician and that politician. How could a activist aspire to be in the company of the same people who are selling us out? Right. Politician, what glory do you get for that? But if you look at Shivana Renee Newsom, on a hundred, write the full name on a hundred anniversary of Black Wall Street, mm. on a Tulsa massacre and bombing. We went down there, a thousand people, three thousand guns, right? She was standing out there with an AR, marching through that town with an AR, saying, "Try it again." That's what leadership looked like. But I think that's just one thing I have to touch on because you said the thing about celebrities, right? Why? Like, our people are brilliant, right? We've read off the stats and the resumes of everybody in our org. We know tons of amazing black people. I'll even dare say it. We had a black president, right? Um, why do we rely on celebrities, right? What, like, uh, that idiot Amari Stoudemire, who called on Black Lives Matter, was the first person to put a target on black folks back when the October 7th occurred. It's just, like, celebrities, like, some of them are smart, right? We, we have a pretty like oh, Jalen Brown. Brown, he's a genius. Like he, he's like super, like su yeah, he's like super smart. But for the most part, they are not, right? Um, we need to stop thinking that celebrities are gonna do things for us. We need to uplift those people in our community. And I'm not saying us, because like honestly, like my approval and my validation, all that stuff comes from Christ. It comes from the people that I help. So I don't need the credit, right? I have under 8,000 followers, government, haters, who knows? It's really not that important to me. But uplift those community leaders, uplift those people who actually wanna affect change and legislation, things in their community. And these are the people who people should be listening to. Because let's be real celebrities it's a capital capitalist society and they're gonna say whatever's in the best interest of how they get paid because America cancels people and who really wants to go back to poverty these are not the be the people that we should be looking to as much as I love Cardi she's dope she helped us find a missing kid by reposting me Bronx girl who made it out I don't think that she should be sitting down with Bernie Sanders. I don't think that she should no be interviewing. No and I love her, right? Party season all the time. I'm a regular Deglish Megala Bronx girl. But these are not the people who should be doing this. We need real black journalists. Um, Ooh, shout out Charles to Channel Blow. Chan 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 Chauncey Alcorn. Yeah, the dope women in news. 
12 locally, the beautiful women who I know from Channel 2 and Channel 4, Channel 11, all these people who are out there. And we need to put them in a position where they're not afraid to get canceled. Instead of celebrities reading off talking points, it's just not going to help us. Their interest is for themselves and for their families, and I don't fault them for that. But black folks, stop following what the media and what celebrities are telling you to do because it ain't working. Heavy. First. And I want to jump out and say this. Our organization has put activists in hotels, have helped pay for activists' funerals, family funerals. We have uh, paid, solved countless money problems. People, yo, I'm stranded in Bootlick, Ohio. Send me some money. Bro, if it ain't been $100,000, we done put in the pockets of activists, right? Can't nobody ever been around me say, then I ain't look out for them, feed them, whatever, right? But these same people- even paid one activist like halfway her way through college. Yeah. Yeah, on our business like, account, she has like the most PayPal's too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. These same people who will eat the food that you buy, wear the clothes that you buy them, will talk shit about you out of that same mouth. You understand? These same people will worship celebrities who have done far less than us. Oh, one thing I can say about Fat Joe and his people. Politically, I don't agree with Fat Joe, right? I think he's a little too friendly with the politicians, but he always giving back, right? Oh, Fat Joe gave out 500 turkeys. Bro, I ain't a millionaire. We do 500 turkeys every year, the minimum. We give out 500 gift cards. You understand? All these rappers, people be sucking. I look up. I look up at uh 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 one of these little young drillies could put up a yo. I'm in I'm in Fourteenth Street. Little Kai since like little kid. funny. He's yeah, from the Bronx. Cute kid. No Kai kid. He's funny. Pause. You know what I mean? No funny stuff, mm -hmm. right? He a cool kid, right? And um, and everybody show up. We put up. Yo, we need you to come out and help out. Niggas ain't got nothing. Let me tell you something. I'm a visionary. You understand? God is my witness. I see around corners. I know what the trends are. I know what's coming next. In March, when they arrested me, I said, enough is enough. Fight back. The riots came weeks after. You understand? Barack Obama. I read a book on a flight to LA. Said this man is gonna be president. We held fundraisers when nobody knew about him. And I got so frustrated, I'll never forget, I used to drink like a fish back then, right? And I was talking to these brothers, and it was like, nah, we ain't got no money for his campaign. This, who this funny name dude? Ain't never even gonna be no black president. Same dudes I was talking to. Yeah, Rick Ross' boss came on, and they went in two hundreds in the air. It just told me they had no donations. But I saw this. We see it. We see it, God is my witness. We see it coming. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like, and 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 and, and sometimes I just I just want to be like, why y'all not listening? Yeah. So if it's leadership, I read leadership books. If it's communication, I read communication books. If it's therapy, I go and get therapy. And my last therapy said, Hawk Newsom, you're a real nigga. Let your nuts hang. <laughs> That's, she set me, she set me free. And when she said that, it was like, no more doubt. So I believe that we can unify our people.
but it has to start in Mississippi. If you break the back of white supremacy in Mississippi, you break the back of of, of white supremacy across the country. Yeah, I be feeling like, man, I mean, you know, I'm all power to you doing that shit. I be feeling like, yo, if y'all start fucking with Mississippi, the niggas, the, the country motherfuckers from Alabama gonna pull up. <laughs> it's just like, yo. And that's why You, know, you remember how it used trained. to be like, yo, going from town to town to go get black people. Remember Rosewood back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> I be feeling like that sometimes when you go down south, man. It's dirty down south. Not dirty, dirty. I'm not talking about like does. dirty like the way. I'm just talking about the, the people's mindset and how they, they, you know what I mean? But this is why we need, and we got, Nigga, we got brothers and sisters who are making this move with us. Well, the good thing right. they got guns. Uh, hey, hey, yeah, come on, bro. Like, this is what I'm going to say. Another Democratic talking point. Like, black people hate me for it. No, I don't believe in school shootings. I think those people are mentally ill. It's terrible. It's horrible. No, I don't believe in hate crimes and stuff like that. But as a formerly, like, from the descendants of slaves, right? I'm a descendant of slaves here in America. The white... Huh? I don't believe in hate crimes. Don't? No, I'm saying like I don't support hate. Okay, all right, all right. For clarity, for clarity, right? I don't support. I don't support people grabbing. I don't. I don't support people grabbing a weapon, may it be a bomb or a gun, and attacking others, right? But I do support the Second Amendment. I do believe that people who were formerly enslaved by people with guns should have gun training. So when I hear black folks saying. I'm afraid of the people from Alabama pulling up. I'm afraid of sundown towns. Yeah. I'm afraid of all these yeah. things. I think that you should go and get arms trained, right? Because Donald Trump put a target on our organization's back, right? Treason, sedition, and insurrection, right? That I spoke to my legal team. I spoke to our lawyers. And ain't shit nobody can come and get you from getting one. Guantanamo Bay. It's nothing that you can do. So after you receive death threats from all these people, you go and get weapons trained. And it's the most empowering thing ever to know that you can defend yourself and defend your family. So we have been in these places like Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, Shaheen McMillan down in Mississippi, standing in front of a police station with weapons, and they evacuated. We have done these things because it is empowering. You should protect yourself and you should protect your family. The difference between us and our, our people is we're afraid of guns. And white people have used guns to oppress us. White mm -hmm. militias train all the time. The KKK shoots. Like, we've literally walked into a place where militias were buying bullets. That's funny, right? When everyone's packed and loaded. Oh, yeah, and you're, yeah, we're in, here too, you're, in, you're in It ain't no fun when the rabbit has a gun. Whoa. Like black, And we've seen it during the pandemic. Um, black ownership of guns went up 300%. That's mm. why you see that they made yeah. guns and bullets really, really expensive. But black folks, I'm telling you to advocate for yourself. Like, don't listen to CNN, the D whatever um, news outlet you choose to get it from. Don't spew their talking points. There's no reason for a black person to be talking about they're afraid of a gun. My 83-year-old aunt had a f had a firearm in her car. My grandmother, who died at age 88, had a pistol by her bed. I come from that long line of women who will send you back to your fucking maker if you come messing Talk. with us. And that's Good what shit. black people need to do. Like, we need to stop being afraid. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you talk about me being on the bullhorn, right? Mm. 
Because mm-hmm. I, I like to give a march right before we, I like to give a speech right before we march off and right before we rally off. But I think the biggest thing that the white man stole from us, right, not giving us subpar education, housing, jobs, is they took away our warrior spirit. Mm. Like, we need more Nat Turners. We need the Shaka yeah. Zulus. We need that true, like, not just saying black power because it sounds cool and yeah. it's a dope-ass chant, but we need to Which harness. came from Mississippi. Right on. Um, We need to harness that black power and have a belief in something, whatever you choose to believe in, because you feel protected, you feel empowered by that. Like for me, I wear the full armor of Christ. Um, You need to defend yourselves. Like, what are we truly willing to die for? Right now, um, we have drillies, right? We have the little kids who are out there doing all kinds of heinous things, right, Um, to each other, right? And I can't fault them because it's like, who raised them? But we're not afraid to kill each other, right? If someone slapped our mother, we are sending them back to the Lord. But we'll let the police hurt us. We'll let whites... Yeah. Who killed Trayvon Martin? George well, well, we allow Zimmerman's to live. I'm not advocating violence for anyone. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not inciting anything. He himself was a vigilante. Who, who are white? Who are, who are watching this? The Alphabet Boys will end up seeing this. But like, black people, stop being so fucking scary when it comes to tearing down white supremacy. Stop being so afraid to take what's yours. Clearly, America is not going to give us anything. So let's go buy this land. Let's go build our own communities. And if they come, we defend it because. If we really want to be Americans, that's what America is, right? Standing up and standing up and protecting your property and protecting your family. You want the American dream, like get a handgun, get some land, and protect you and your family. Uh, Speaking on that a little bit. So I would say that, like, firstly, like, uh, I think America has largely whitewashed a lot of civil rights, the civil rights movement, because Martin Luther King himself had guns in his crib for defense. Um, and there's multiple books on, uh, like there's a book called that nonviolent stuff will get you killed. Come on, man. Come on, man. A stuff will get you killed. And then like various books about how guns were important to the civil rights movement and liberation. Um, and yeah, so I would say that like the whole idea that all these activists just kind of like, it was just civil disobedience is, is a, is a falsehood. Um, I have a question for y'all. So I, um, I've gone through the process of, of getting my gun license in New York. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, it is an ordeal though. It is a, it was a three year process for me. I'm curious of like, cause on a two prong thing, first is just the process, your thoughts on New York city's unique, um, gun law situation and how it prevents people from from getting access to guns but i know a lot of we talk about speaking for all black people that's where it's like that is one of those distinctions for me because the online left uh is seems to be at least in large part like fearful of guns or there's a stigma around it um however growing up that it was like very common i had that same situation lots of people around me was like i will protect my people um but also um Lots of people I know when I talk to talk to like even my fiance's friends, like they're like they they they're trying to go through the process to to to, to get their guns in. Lots of people like ask me what the process was like for me um, to go through it. But but yeah, your thoughts on just like that restrictiveness, and then also I think I've heard y'all talk about advocating for something along the lines of policing our own neighborhoods. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious of like what is your what is your what's your thoughts on on that um, and how y'all envision that? I believe that. If you reach a certain point in this uh, 
liberal, blase, blase, democrat thing we're part of, you will find that there's a group of white people who are making the rules. And if you step outside of those white people and what they believe, they will have their black people come out against you. I have received calls from, let's keep it real, Black Lives Matter, right? Um, a couple years ago, I gave a speech at a Trump rally, right? Oh, they love criticizing me for this, right? We went to protests, and they was like, you want to get on stage? I looked around. Yeah, I get on stage. These are the same people we was fist fighting, throwing rocks at, whoop, 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 in Charlottesville a month before. So I'm walking up on stage, and God was like, let them know who you are, right? If I really, if I really wanted to be that voice for unification, white America would suck it up. They would love it, but I refuse because I, does, I think it does a disservice to my people speaking outright unity before we unify within our community because we'll just get left at the back of the bus again. Yeah. We fall for the okie doke every time, right? So we walking up to that stage. God said, let them know who you are. So what did I do? I have a business degree, Bachelor of Science in Business Administration, which makes me a good communicator and a good marketer. I have a law degree, which makes me a critical thinker and an amazing debater great debater, right? So I went up there and I used two things to take the hardest core Trump Republicans, flip them and say, well, you know, those niggers, I'm sorry, those black activists might have a point. They might have a point. What two things did I use? I used the Bible. I said, my Bible, I don't know what your Bible says, but my Bible says, if your neighbor is thirsty, give him a cup of water. And they're like, <sighs> I said, but it doesn't say that that neighbor has to be from the continental United States of America. There's your immigration, anti-immigration policy in your ass, right? Because now you just admitted that your anti-immigrant sentiment goes against your Bible. People who are not able to think critically, will look at that, oh, look, he's talking nice to these crackers, but they don't understand what I just did. Mm -hmm. I just pointed out their hypocrisy in that moment. I went to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the Constitution, cruel and unusual punishment. So, you know, no person is supposed to be punished, Eighth Amendment, uh, severe punishment, yada, yada, yada. And how is it that we can look at a man get choked to death after screaming, I can't breathe 11 times, and nobody go to jail. Mm. <laughs> Motherfuckers clapping and like, really? Am I really clapping this shit on? And niggas was like, oh, oh, look what he did. Judge me if you was in Charlottesville. Judge me if you bust a white supremacist head on open. Judge me if you got 20 white supremacists running behind you and you see one in front of you and you rock him so you can make a clean getaway. Not saying I did that. I ain't trying to get indicted. But you come judging me when you've done that. 
right? So back to where I started with this. Uh, Black Lives Matter Global called me. This is the first time they called me to the table. You know what Black Lives Matter Global said? It's like being a dead dog. They washed. But um, a dead horse. Uh, they said, you know, the things you're saying are making our donors uncomfortable. Mm. We got kids. We got rent. We got this. So, nah, you ain't got a problem with what I said. Those white folks who cutting your checks got a problem with what I said. So now you calling me to the table. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I face. Like, man, I face this on, we face this on a whole different level. Niggas is running around here playing toy soldier. We get death threats. We motherfucking... We ride around in the South and cars, there's guns everywhere. Like Killer said, like the car came with hammers. That's how we got to move through the South. That's how we moving. We gripped up. Bro, in, 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 in Mississippi, in that march, I had about 300 rounds of ammo on me for two guns. And that was heavy loaded. Yeah. It was 6,000 rounds of ammo in the truck. We ain't playing. So why would they let you listen to us? Well, with the- I think that, oh, you were talking about black folk and getting their their gun license here mm -hmm. in New York in the process you went to. Oh, um, it's, it's absolutely unconstitutional. Um, it was one in the Supreme Court that New York had the hardest and roughest uh, concealed carry laws in the nation. And it's the people that we elected. It's those DNC um, power hungry people up in Albany who were taking the court. Then we have the idiots like Eric Adams. And it shouldn't be that way because like for the people you, you didn't- Idiots like who? Eric Adams. Like who? It's very hard, right, to go to the same people who oppressed you. You had to file that with the NYPD right. and for them to do it. What reason would they want to give a black man a gun? And that's the reason why they increase their funding and all the things, because they want to remove guns from black people um, off the street. But then the people who live in upstate New York, who are very red, people don't realize. When we talk about New York, we talk about our five boroughs, and we think they were all like bleeding blue. But there's a huge percentage. I think Trump won by over 40-something percent. Uh, upstate is crazy. Upstate, upstate has crazy. Donald Trump's signs. Exactly. And they have like the right to bear arms. So I think the real pressure would be to put the pressure on Governor Hochul, to put the pressure on um, the Democratic members of Assembly and of New York State Senate, because they are the ones who are writing bills that are blocking us from having those guns. And you know what? To keep applying, to keep going after it, to keep getting it, because I'm not sure, like, I have a gun license in Texas, right? Um, we did that. It was, like, so easy. You met with the trainer. You pass, like, your little course. They do a little quick background. You get something that looks like a license. Um it should, I think that what's happening in New York State is unconstitutional, and I think that we need to take that up and keep fighting. No, it's it's it's, it's so real. You know, I think you um you hit the nail on the head. Um, there's just one point I want to make. When Pookie shoot Ray Ray and Stevie them by the corner store, 
gun control, gun control, gun control. When white kid get mad, shoot up. Well, the largest terrorist threat in this country is white men. We Talk. all know yeah. this. Talk. Right? Yeah. We all know this. More people should know it. White right? domestic terrorism. Um, but they make those gun arguments for the mass shootings for the... Um, for the shootings in our community. But do either of you know where the most gun deaths come from? I do. Gun deaths? Yeah. I would guess the police, but... Uh, suicide. Suicide. Yeah, well, I suicide. More than 50% yeah. come from suicide. Yeah. And I mean, niggas is not shooting their heads no off No one talks ARs. about that. Niggas is not shooting their heads off with ARs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some, but it's handguns. Yeah. But that destroys the whole democratic narrative. Wake up, black people. Wake up, brown people. LGBTQ plus white allies. Y'all got to wake up. They are deceiving you. The wool is being pulled over your eyes. They're playing tricks right in Gen Z. Yo, my favorite saying from y'all. They playing in our faces. They playing in your face, bro. <laughs> the, the number one killer with guns is suicide. If they gonna deal with that, they mean they gotta deal with mental health. They gotta deal with mental health. That mean they ain't gonna be able to make money selling you medication your whole life. That mean they dealing with mental health. That mean they gotta deal with poverty. And poverty is the mother of all crime. So of course, they gonna send you after everything they love. Man, this is why, remember I read 2020, I was like, I ain't marching. I'm gonna march if I got a point to make. If everybody outside Hulk Newsom don't need to be out there. Yeah. If we got Quavo, in the Bronx, and nobody ain't talking about it, Hulk Newsom gonna be out there every day. Uh -huh. You understand? Uh -huh. Cause we need to make some noise about this. Uh -huh. You understand? So I'm not a big marcher. You know why? Cause they want us out there marching. Mm. They want us out there marching. Cause police brutality is 10%, but it's so ugly, so visceral, Terrible. so nasty, that it's just like, ah, oh, I gotta fix this. My nigga, education, Finance, housing, healthcare. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is what we have done is we have pulled back, and we've come up with structures, uh, 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 workshops, yeah, and things like that, that. Yeah. so we could come out of this shit for real, for real. That's a little right now. That's it. Like, and people don't feel like you're working, right? They're like, they're like, you're so silent, Relly. Are you working? Like, the world feels like New York feels like the people who watch and view and who chime in, they feel like if you're not walking around, like, remember they called me Flag Girl in 2019? I had a flag in every single photo. I had um, the red, black, and green. But um, people are like, Bonnie, like, that's people call me Bonnie. You're so quiet. What are you working on? Black liberation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on, like, eradicating poverty. And that might be silent. But sometimes power is really sad. I was just going to speak on something real quick, which is to say that, like, at this point is where I would want to advocate for um, mutual aid and mutualism. And this is why that work that has happened and has has had a spike since 2020 is so important. And, and it's important to continue it because a lot of those groups died off after 2020, yeah, after the donations. people and, around and, this nation and, and since when, 2020. And when you talked about earlier of, like, I get that 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 kind of how you'd address that earlier of like a mutual aid is is in the mainstream conversation now, but y'all have been doing it for a while. I, I argue there's a there's this really brilliant writer, Tressie Marie Cotton, I believe is her her name. 
Dr. Tressie Marie Cotton. Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tressie Cotton. And she uh she got work. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, she Love put it, she she put out this 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 article. It's my definition of mutual aid, which is that black people have been doing mutual care as a means of survival for a very long time. Oh, and yeah, it's a like very, we were dead so, poor and my grandmother would like send groceries. That's or mutual take aid. Grocery shopping is just like That's mutual yeah. aid. But I think the thing is getting to the point where, right? But uh, just, just have, to expand that. We, oh, sorry. Is that that when you talk about healthcare, education, all those things go. That's the next. Like a lot of people have been addressing food insecurity, but the next steps of mutual aid is is education, and healthcare, and so. But that's like that's like it's like slightly different from what y'all saying, but it's a line, which is that like I think like a lot of the mutual aid is under the political ideology of kind of like anarchism. It's like we reject the government, we reject the police, we we take care of us in terms of and and it, but it. But it is along those lines, and I think it's important that liberation also needs to incorporate joy. It also needs to incorporate mutual care. It needs joy to incorporate like survival. I think we should get to the yeah, point. Going back to mutual aid is right, and that's what we're working on with Black Opportunities. You can find us at theblackops.com. Is it's getting beyond that. Like I, I love to give out food. It makes me like suit that he's not the wolf. That's wolf inside. Like, um, what you call it? I want to get past it, right? Say outside of Darcel Clark's office, she's the Bronx DA. She's married to a pig. She does nothing, right? Mm-hmm. People go to her for help. She tries to flip people and turn them into rats. This is a very sure, vile. Sure. This is a very vile woman. Outside of her office, multiple times a week, some city group feeds hundreds of people, if not thousands, on bread lines. Right. Why are we like this in America when the defense funding just got passed in Congress where we have tons of money to pay for more war destroyers or whatever they're using? We have money going back to Ukraine. We have money going out of our country all the time, right? I think that what we're trying to get to is a point where black people are self-sufficient. But I'm not, we're not so ideological. We're not so lost in theory that we don't realize, no, the government should give us money. That's the purpose of the government. The government should fund our programs, but should we be solely reliant on the government? Hell no. We are working to get to a place where black people have their own towns, have their own communities, have their own banks. We have our own school. Because why would you let the oppressor teach your children, right? We're getting to a point where, I, I don't know the cool activist term, I haven't been outside for it, but black people need to get to the point where we can be independent and we can stand on our own because no one has Self-sovereignty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, important. Oh, uh, all right. Oh, keep my hand over. Keep no, my hand. No, just that we're at. Uh, oh, I see that shit. So yeah. We got to wrap right, up. But we wrap it up probably like 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 fifteen minutes. Right. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I just want. You trying to kick uh, us yeah. out, white man? <laughs> <laughs> the white man telling us how long to talk. What? Yeah. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, right. but I, like I, fifteen minutes, but I think this, right. this 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 episode is fired to the point we could probably put this out as a whole like episode. It, this it might depended. even be a whole episode. But yeah, um, go ahead, finish what you were saying, bro. Okay. Um, damn, where was I? Young you brother, a question for us. I, I I love. I got the question coming right behind this. <laughs> um, you said the terms, anarchist, mm-hmm. communist, socialist. I don't care about the term. How long have you been on Antifa? I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care. Yeah, they call me Antifa. They call me every day. I don't care. Feds call care. Call I don't you, like being called Antifa. Call it what you I, want. I'm right. not Antifa. I've been there with for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a different to shit. Be perfectly honest. I'm gonna do the work and let niggas label it however the fuck they want to label it. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm. Uh, period. I'm pro-black, right? So if it's the most flamboyant transgender person in the world getting pressed by some white boys, I'm going to grab my knife or whatever I could grab, and I'm going to get busy because I ain't going to let that happen to a black person. It could be a nation of Islam. It could be a black Buddhist, a black Jew. I am black first. And if you are black and in distress, I am coming to your rescue. But what I've learned is we are so tied to these theologies. We are so tied to these, 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 these political uh, 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 classifications that we are isolating each other. We are cutting great people off. Yeah. Right? Because if you come to me and be like, I'm an anarchist, and I'm be like, damn, nigga, well, I got to play. This is going to get us all these votes for the whole state of New Jersey. I can't tell you because you think that way. No. Let's just, man, anything that will cause us to be divided, I just want to leave it at the front door. Let's just talk about work. I, I agree with not letting it divide you and, like, still being able to be in solidarity with other people. I think it is important to just acknowledge, like, Regardless of the term, even before I knew the terms, I knew what I was. Yeah. And and but what I go. but what I was just happened to align with these terms because go. I don't believe in a Jay Z's black capitalist Why? and he you believes so crack and kill he, your whole community. <laughs> <laughs> but Shorty believed that he, he could be a billionaire. That, They'll he, give you all your dreams if you tell black kids to sell crack and shoot each other and be sexually promiscuous. That's what I'm saying. It's like how how if you if you believe that like getting rich for you means getting a benefit for everybody and how you got there, you ended up you know going against your morals and things. It's important to be like, but he calls himself a revolutionary. So you see, that's what I'm saying. Is where it's, you gotta like, isn't it crazy? And you see, like, this isn't capitalism right here. I don't know what this is. This is like doggy dog, the shrewdest End capitalist stage. thing yeah, you can ever just ever see, right? Um, but I see a, a lot of talk out here is, and I love. There's some very, very, very smart black people, very talented black people out here giving free game all over the internet. I think that there needs to be a community element. You telling people how to get rich, you telling them how to do that. I don't think it's like, it's more like, let's just all get rich instead of, let's do this together. Right. Let's build together. Right. I, you know, and there's some people out here buying up plots of land together. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of us doing great things, but American media is very smart. They almost niggas love attention. So they only gonna cover us when we doing the, the, the who killed Quavo. In the in the in the Palestine, like, right? No one, like, like none they, of the press is coming for our Christmas giveaway. Why Christmas right. give, we give like, away? We might have freedom. Bro, freedom we're giving away three thousand toys, twenty dollar toys, like thirty dollar toys. Stuff. Who's giving this away? We doing this in the hood, in the hood, right? Last year we had Ashley Graham. You know who Ashley Graham is? Yeah, you know who Ashley Graham is? She was the cover of Sports Illustrated swimsuit, first plus size swimsuit. On the cover, she was in the hood with the with the killers and the gorillas last year. She held her own. Though. She's toys. gangster. I like she Ashley Graham. Yeah, and her yeah. Somebody tried to G check her, and she like, she's like, like okay, yeah, Ashley, yeah. That's how you give it up. But but like, so <laughs> we got there's some real niggas that fuck with us. Yeah. But um, a lot of other people like we make uncomfortable. You understand? Like a lot of people, I, I say this: the Yankees help us. The Yankees help us. And 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 there's been time I call up Yankee Stadium, maybe like Hulk, you radioactive. And the yeah. nigga who helped me the most is Randy Levine, uh, Jewish pro-Israel Republican, mm. who be like, oh, you wildin'. 
He said, yo, you got the media calling me, asking me about my affiliation with you. You talking about Bernie? That is it. But you know what he said? You know what he said? You're a real black leader. You know who Wesley Clark is? And I know you want to ask me something. You know who Wesley, Wesley Clark, Clark is? He, shut up. He's a general, a white general that ran for president. Huh. I was speaking in Aspen and on some climate summit joint. And he was, me and him was sitting next to eating up steaks and all that, right? And uh, it's funny, we eat big beef steaks at the climate and emissions or whatever. But, um, but, uh, but um, I, I pretty much I was there to curse the rich white folk out. Like you spend all this money educating people on the climate, but what you spending in the hood? Mm-hmm. Nothing. You ain't enlightening us, and we the ones in the flood zones, whatever. So he looked at me and said, Hulk, he worked in the South Bronx at the armory, whatever. He was like, yo, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. If I was a black person, I wouldn't be alive now. I'd be some crazy black liberation army, a black panther. I, I'd have been done, picked up guns and fought back. This is a white, one of the most decorated soldiers in American history. Saying, if I was black, I'd be lighting it up. But real white people, they might not be the most black friendly. They might be a little bit of racist. That's cool because I'm a little bit of racist. And we can sit down and have these conversations. I understand what you're talking about, though. Right? Like, we can have these conversations, and they'd be like, yo, here's why black people is failing. Because Al Sharpton coming in there, tap dancing. Y'all ain't got enough money in advertising. They'd be like, well, who should we give it to? Uh, Rudy, Relly, and Vonnie. Not Vonnie. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like, we got a lot of fake leaders, man. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where that's where that's where we fail. We need people to take control. If a leader is a leader like and he can't King, show you, yeah, Sean King blocked us. He a little bitch ass. Like he, he had a problem. White, he white was, people love Sean King. I'm starting to doubt if Sean King's black. I think yo, I need yo, to twenty three. that. But no, I, bro, it's crazy. Start cursing when saying. I started cursing before before I came out in twenty twenty. Yeah, a person like me was like, "No, this nigga Sean King, he the realest. He's, he's putting all this shit out. Like you gotta watch Sean King. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you if you don't come out here and get woke up and then like actually, if you don't step out on the streets and then start like really seeing what's going on, bro, you be caught up in these motherfuckers out here. You know what I mean? That that get the TV time and show what they doing, even though they're not out here really doing anything. I remember Sean King got ran out of Harlem. I wanted to say, oh, I was. It was Eric Gardner funeral. Eric Gardner, Erica Gardner funeral. So help me God. <laughs> New York shut it down and me always had beef, right? They, they was always some super communist weirdos and I was always just me. I told you, I'm black. I ain't activist. I ain't communist. I'm niggerish. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so we always had our differences, but we'd see eye to eye a little bit, but we'd argue. If y'all watch our show on BET, Cop Watch America, it'll show the whole dynamic, right? By the way, Cop Watch America, they gave me couple thousand dollars every check i got i put back into the activism so the next episode we have money to do what we need to do put niggas like oh you get on your tv get in the bag but where was i sean king so we go to this funeral niggas pull me to the side your hog it's up what you talking about it's up nigga it's a funeral it's a funeral it's a funeral what are you what are you talking about it's up at a funeral it's erica gone erica gone funeral his daughter right right and they like yo al sharpton and them ain't gonna let Eric Garner mother in. 
they ain't gonna let Eric yeah. Gardner Monday in. I'm like, what you talking about? They ain't no, gonna let they ain't gonna let Miss Gwen in. Mm. So so the thing I can tell you the uglier activism. Yeah. I can tell I can get Does ugly. We got 20 minutes. Who one know? Nigga, nigga, you won't get to it. Yeah. So so I'm like, nah, they gotta let this lady in. So it's a commotion in the back. Al Sharpton sitting upstairs, all the other dignified Negroes. I'm like, I'm a nigga, whatever. Yeah. So they sitting up on stage. I go, bro. And security got this old lady and her husband, God bless her soul, pushed up against the glass. The other relatives ain't want to let her in, right? Other relatives ain't want to let her in. I give you all the real facts. So now niggas is tussling. <laughs> it's me, Kirsten from Nan, light-skinned boy head Kirsten, yeah. and Anthony Beckford. Right? Anthony Beckford from Brooklyn. He won't be a politician now. Okay. And we keeping the two sides of the family apart. Anthony Beckford gets cracked in the jaw. Boom! They catch him with a right hook. And we like breaking it out. Then they like, we want them all out. So they kick that part of the mother out and all of them. And all of us who was trying to stop everybody from fighting. Mm -hmm. Right? So New York shut it down was there. And they supposedly had a problem with me because of the Trump speech thing. Niggas saw me there. Mum's the word. No one has a beef. Like, no. beef is punching someone in the face when you have a problem with them. I was born in the 80s All in New York these niggas City. who talk trash about me, I be Never seeing them there. Yeah, they be whistling it. like, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't say nothing. I don't want to be in this space. I'm going to go. Went on a three-hour-long tirade on social media, and I'm right here. You ain't got nothing to say. Whatever. So the same group saw Talcum X, Sean King, impressed them, right? Impressed them. He was like, oh, what? Really? Uh, uh, and ran. And they chased the nigga out of Harlem, 116th Street. They chased the nigga out of Harlem. Like, this is what's real. Now, I'm going to tell you full circle. Eric Garner's son, who nobody really knew about. When we had beef with the mayor, Eric Garner's son came out and defended Eric Adams against me. Oh no. Oh yes. People love don't, the cops and politicians. Don't use my father's name. My father, because you talking about burning down the city and rioting, and we need to give the mayor a chance. And I'm like, bro, the mayor's having this this dude is having fundraisers, Eric Adams, with people who said your father's death was justified on TV. And you taking up for him? That's I, I done got arrested. I done got my back twisted up. I done fought cops. I done caught charges for your father's name to honor your family. And you turning on me? And now, the same mayor that Eric Garner's son, God bless Eric Garner's son. God bless the whole yeah. family, bro. The same mayor brought back Stop and Frisk. Mm -hmm. Brought back the same unit that killed his father. His father. Yeah. Yeah. He brought back the same unit. Different dress, more... More. You can identify them more. more. more and that's what we more, got black folks. They still, they still jumping out, stopping and frisking it's, people. It's yeah, all over TikTok. Yeah, but but they, the nigga, and the nigga turned on me. And, and this cop brought back the same shit that killed his father, bro. Y'all don't understand what my life is like. They made it worse. And they made it worse. Man, that, that, that cookout shit, everything that he's doing to us, like, as... as has uh villainized black people like like I said even from the music all the way down to them taking the cookouts um them taking all our type of joy the motorbikes all that shit but real quick before we wrap it up right all right I got a, I got a quick game um let's see I'm I'm just gonna throw some names out there y'all give me like one word <laughs> let me say one or two words whatever come to your shit real quick I'm, I'm just gonna afraid. throw some names all right uh well first we'll do uh Eric Duran. 
F Eric Durant. He's a murderous cooler ki- cooler killer. The cooler killer. Yeah, you're cooler killer. <laughs> Attorney General don't give a fuck. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, all right, boom. Tisha James. Tisha James. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing out names. Okay, Tisha I'm James. throwing out the names. I'm throwing out the names. You thought we would come to your head. Sell out white people ass kisser. <laughs> yeah. DNC puppet. Yeah, okay. For real, bro, it's sad because we are dealing with damaged people every day. And no matter how much you give, like, bro, I've had people who, like my sister said, were in college. And I was broke. And I used to feed them. And my ex-wife would look at me like, bro, we ain't got it. And I'm like, I got to take care of this. It's been people who you adopt, people who you take under your wing, ride around with you. I give people knowledge. If you want to accuse me of doing anything with anybody in my group, it would be trying to give them information so they can think how I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm going to give you that. To where you could go out there and kick ass how we kick ass. So, right? But what we do is because we get clout, because we on TV, we hear there, we get a lot of people who want clout. Yeah. Right? And once they see, I've hit all that I could I could go as far as I could go. Vonnie done wrote letters for people to get them into college, grad school, to change their life. But like I literally saved someone who used to work as like, and it's nothing wrong with it. It's mm-hmm. nothing. As a barista, yeah. and someone who sold like lip glosses, and I made them into a graduate. Like they got waitlisted. Like they weren't even smart enough to go to graduate school. But my recommendation and my phone call to a dean changed their whole life. And then they had the nerve to tell me, "You did nothing for me." This, um, this you, is you, what we, you, they were volunteer, yeah, right? Bro. Um, you, you, all you took from me was free labor. Bro, um, yeah. You take people across the country. You feed people. You help people, families, and they turn on you. But the thing is, it's not enough to be like, yo, you did what you did for me. Thank you. Salute. My nigga, I'm moving on. It's other shit out there in life for me. Not in this activism world. This activism world, they feel like they got to burn down your house. Like, remember the little homie, little homie used to run with me, right? He used to always be with me. Uh, right. I don't, uh, reason I don't say his name because I want not important because he's not important yeah, enough, right? Yeah, yeah. But but he left, and I say you don't don't be a bitch, bro. You know what I'm saying? You getting fired because you fucked up. You know you fucked up. You made a choice you shouldn't have made. I'm letting you go. Don't go and talk online, right? Nigga, go start chitting chatting online. I'm like, you gonna have to be accountable when I see you, right? You gonna have to be, and then and then it switches up. I've had niggas who have done wild shit. Cause you know, we work with young people and I send a nigga their address. See you soon. <laughs> Niggas moms is on my horn. Yo, please leave my son alone. Oh, I miss such and such. Your son is it's crazy right now. You know how good I've been. Yeah, Mr. Newsom, but you know how kids are. No. All right, I'm gonna give him a pass. A month later, a year later, same little nigga talking shit. And yo mama. Really, imagine your mom getting you out of beef. That's wild. I would, I would say, I, I, in a lot of the stuff y'all saying, I feel like I empathize with, but on Thank account you, of just on the, on the angle of like, and, I, and it's not even from like the activism side. So again, like I'm a technologist, so I built this um, this this network called Black Sky, and it's um it's kind of, it's like what Black Sky. Where's it at? 
Uh, so if you go to the um, the Blue Sky, it's like this uh, Twitter alternative. Oh, you can okay. log in, and and it's a custom feed, and it just shows black content. And imp- yeah, yeah, yeah. Hype yeah. it so, up so we get that out. I appreciate, too, I appreciate, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And Black Sky, like, is 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 going up. It gets lots of attention to the point of like. But it's interesting because on the on the angle you said of like you'll be doing something right, and it's hard and it's challenging, and maybe you feel like you're doing it alone or whatever the case may be, and you're facing institutional pressures right like i'm trying to figure out how i get funding as a solo black founder who looks how i look with dreads and doesn't want to compromise in certain ways and doesn't want to like sell out probably using white people who said exactly and so it's like how you've been oppressed (laughs) that's where the money will come (laughs) (laughs) but like but see even those people like that that they'll be the ones who'll be like we all out of the black money so i don't so it's, it's it's all different it's all different ways you gotta like look at it but you you're fighting against that, but at the same time you'll have people who there's people who be on Black Sky all day, and I check my analytics and I see that they're using it, and then someone will say some little sleep, slick thing and sneak this, and then they'll pile on because it may be getting a lot of likes and attention, and then and then but it's like but you 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 use this all the time, you, it hurt, don't and it? It, it hurt. yeah, yeah, and it's Even like you a real nigga, it yeah, it and no, it does because like how you how you how are you using my thing and you benefit from the visibility of that thing, and then you don't help, like you don't help promote it. But as soon as someone say one little thing, you have like a little little funny shit to jump can I give on. You so something? I know we've running out of time, right? No, we've been out of time. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me let me give you because I'm gonna, I'm gonna close it out with a good like ah. Let me give you this. Yeah, right, I have a philosophy. I fly 30,000 feet above, right? Not just because I'm a hawk, but when you think about when you're in a plane, you can look down and you see everything that's happening. You know what's happening. You know that people are nasty. You know that they'll turn on you. But you are not just looking at that one little block. You're looking at the whole landscape, your perspective. Don't worry about them. Only thing you should worry about is keeping your perspective intact. Because if you lose your perspective, you're fucked. And I tell my sister, like, yo, I feel shaky. My perspective ain't right. I gotta regroup. Keep your perspective. Understand. Like, I know that you know what happened with these people we just mentioned. Might happen again. Right? But I'm up here. So I expect you to be you, right? But I'm going to Mississippi. Focus on bigger things. That's yeah. it. I think it's like in finance, we call it remembering your why, right? Because they're going to upset you, but don't let something that's going to affect you, it's not going to have an effect on you in five years, bother you for longer than five minutes. Now, I'm not going to lie, I started at 24 hours. I started wiltering it down. But you have to remember your why, because like individually, it hurts, right? But then you have to remember, like, hey, I love all black people. We need to be freed in technology. We need to be freed in liberation. We need to do these things. And I feel like I'm not sure what your faith is, but they're like little devils and demons. There's like Crosses think about it. The energy, the energy it. that you spend, right? Looking at the crap they said and how it's affecting your mood. You got an attitude. You might have been like working on a new strategy for advertising. You might have been working on like new funding or something like that. And they're sent to derail the dream. And like like, yeah, this hurts. They suck. And keep on pushing. Bro, I've I had somebody work with me, and she had two brothers, and these people were in the shelter. And I fed their family, got them school clothes. Each one of the brothers made like six thousand for the summer. She made ten thousand. Same person turned around and bit my hand, but God wanted me to do that for them. 
So whatever she did is on her. God wanted me to do that for them. Keep your purpose. Stay on point. We got this. We are the talented 10 that W.E.B. Du Bois talked about. We are the talented 10. We are the black folk hit, sent here to save all other black folk. Mm-hmm. So we got to act and think accordingly. Fire. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. That's how you close that thing out. Well, yo, I just want to, um, yeah, this is probably going to be a full episode, yo. So this is um, Apologetic Talk. We had our unapologetic black man on here. That's why I'm glad he up here talking when he talked. And that's what, um, that was like one of the main things why why we probably don't bump it because I don't see no, like, you know what I mean? I, I, I fight oppression and, bro, you like you said, how you said in the beginning, you just be, you know what I mean? You talk for the people. You talk, there's nothing, nothing that you said to me um, oppresses, like, people don't like what you say and they go from there, but that's, you know what I mean? If people don't like what I say, we all have people that don't, as long as I, like, you know what I mean? You're not oppressing nobody. Yo, stop. You know what I mean? That's, that's basically it. But yo, I enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with all three of y'all, I appreciate bro. Y'all. Like even some, most of the time I sat back and just let y'all go because I was like, like learn from all three of y'all. So that was fire, yeah. Um, dope, y'all, apologetic talk. Fire, fire, yo. The newsoms. Oh, 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 plug, oh, let me plug, let me. All right, so what we do is um also at the end of our episode, we, we, we uh plug what upcoming events or what, what y'all need to, because we'll also like, while y'all are talking, this yeah, it's gonna show at the bottom of the screen, boom. So like, if you want people to support like what was going on in Mississippi or whatever you got coming on, um, the greater, you know what I mean? Talk your shit, pop, pop. Okay. 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 Yeah, after the New Year, so whatever y'all know. Okay, so y'all know we went from Black Lives Matter Greater New York to Black Opportunities. Black Lives Matter was, very much top down, fighting the politicians, which you saw with Black Lives Matter. Black opportunities is bottom up, it's holistic, it's getting to the people, healing the people, helping the people to get to where they need to be. And that has led us to Jackson, Mississippi. This is the blackest city in the country. Mississippi has the highest population of black people in the whole country, okay? Also has the highest rates of poverty and murder. So we're going to Jackson, Mississippi, Blackson, right? The blackest city in the country. And we're going to fight the violence, right? Most activists are out here fighting against systemic oppression, but not the violence, right? We, we like, oh, we understand it is caused by mental health and, and poverty, but no, we gotta address this. If we could fix this, get us to stop killing each other by reaching out, cure violence programs, workshops to help people become more employable. We can uplift our people there. Our potential is unstoppable. They say you, you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. My opinion is if you can unify people in Jackson, you can unify black people anywhere. So we are going down there, we're moving. We're getting a, a place to live down there. We're gonna split time between New York and up here. And we're going to get busy in the streets helping feed and meet the needs of the people. And that's called Operation Hope, helping our people in violence. Well, if y'all, if y'all, if y'all going to get a crib down there, I'll probably definitely, like, come, you know I'm no coming doubt. down. I ain't got no to. Yeah, 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 no I have to see what that's about. Yeah, yes, yeah. Sir. Yes, sir. We, we actually did some fundraising, and we got the down payment for our office. So we got eight offices, and uh, uh, we got a storefront church. So we got a meeting space. Uh, you can check it out. Check us out at hopefordjackson.com. Uh, we think uh, uh, people abuse the word hope. We bring real hope to our black people. And the real hope ain't, oh, you know, we going to pray and not do nothing. The real hope is work. You understand? It's work. And we know that the byproduct, 
and we have hope for our people, but we're going to work to get us to where we need to be as people. I said the work always speaks for itself, man. You've been out here for long. Your work speaks for itself, yo. Fire, y'all. That was a hawk. It was some, oh, uh, you already know, um, we the people every Thursday, 1 o'clock, <laughs> folding the notion. Keep up with you. Talk heavy. Black Sky, building the, the next black social network in the Blue Sky app. Check us out, blackskyweb.xyz. Yeah, one more thing, one more thing before we leave, and I'm probably going to need you out there. I'm need you out there. Yo, Jordan Dilly, um, uh, Daniel Penny. On the January 17th, Daniel Penny, I will be throwing a, a flyer for that. But like I said, it's all the way in January. January 17th, um, we're going to surround that goddamn courthouse. Daniel Penny, he's going to read, you know what I mean? He's going to get some justice. If they don't if they don't find him guilty of something, Brand, we're going to give him some justice on them stairs as soon as he come out that courthouse. Bro, <laughs> I, I hate to go back into it. Tyree Nichols, Jordan Neely, we was the first ones outside. Yeah. When they caught fire, everybody yeah. came outside. Rah, 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 but it was us. Yeah. And I have been in these courtrooms years later when they go to trial and nobody show up. So we definitely there with you. Yeah, thank we you. Definitely there. We got to bring yeah. people out because that's the only way. Because these cops going to come out for cops. These white folk going to come out to protect other races, white folk. So we got to come out for. For the people. Oh, people, yeah, and shout out to Dad's Money. Yo, Dad's Money usually team up with us, us three. Yeah, as a team. Yo, we Dad's, up. what up? Sorry fire, about yeah. the dog, man. Sorry about the dog. Yeah, fire, fire. Yeah. All right, y'all, peace out. Mm. Yeah, all right, y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed that interview from Hawk. Um, check out what he's got going on. I think, um, yeah, and, and hit up uh, Greater BLM. Um, and check out Black Ops. Um, uh, boom. Pass it over to you. What you got? Talk to them. Oh shit. Hold All right, on. go ahead, Rudy. Go ahead, Rudy. No, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. I'm ready. You need to talk. Okay. Yeah. I need to talk heavy. I can't talk heavy with candy. Yeah. Okay, so y'all, 2024, we have so many big plans. I say that as myself, I say that as my community. Um, Stonewall's a riot. If you haven't heard of Stonewall's Riot, where are you on Thursdays? Come outside on Thursdays and march with us. We are all about um, liberating, educating, and celebrating our people. And we have a list of demands that we have been curating as a collective during our meetings and during our um, protesting and organizing time. So, I'm going to get to those real quick. I feel like it's important to disclose our um, commandments, because it is important to understand the morals the collective has um, come come across or come to uh, uh, come to an understanding of. You know, we believe in protective legislation for Black people, for Brown people, for specifically the Indigenous, Pan African, Palestinian communities, because we're seeing nothing of that right now in legislation, especially in New York. So we, we want to be the start of that. We want to start some conversation. We also want protective legislation for the youth. We demand that. The youth deserve to not be prosecuted or criminalized and deserve to be able to go to school freely. We also believe we need legislation for the LGBTQIA plus community because we've seen a lot of hate, crime within, hate crimes within the last five and six years and deaths within the queer community, especially the black queer community, one as of recently, and Miss Sasha, um, within the New York community, a black trans woman. But 
nonetheless, we also have police accountability. We've been marching for over 24 weeks as of now, and we've seen so many dirty cops, and we demand that every single dirty cop be held accountable for the bullshit that they've done. And they be tried in a jury full of the community directly affected. And if all any lawsuit comes out of that, that comes out of the NYPD officer's budget directly, their pockets. Not the people, not the taxpayers, the people who did the thing, did crime, did whatever. They'd be held accountable. You know, until until we burn the system down, we need some accountability. So the people who want to uphold that law should have to be accountable and, and be tried by it, too. So to each its own. And we also have a couple other um, commandments and demands as well. But if you'd like to find out more information, tap into our Instagram. At Stonewall, that was the right. Check us out. Because we're going to put, um, as of when this is up, we will have put a Google Docs link of all our demands and stuff. We also have a list of businesses, black, queer, um, Palestinian, and indigenous businesses that you can support as well. We're really trying to expand this year. We're focusing on recruitment and development and building a society, an ideal society that we want to see. So, yeah. Oh. You, like, just this last time, well, we turned up. Like this last Thursday, <laughs> we turned. It was last night as I recorded this, but yo, like, yeah. yo, we popped up on them. First of all, Kamari Hughes. If you don't know who Kamari Hughes is, do your research because we did a video on him before, and we also held space for him before. But he's a young black boy who was on his way to school and got struck by an NYPD tow truck driver by the name of Stephanie Sharp. And we went to her district and the precinct there, and they had no idea we were coming. Like, we marched all the way to the corner, um, the crosswalk that the incident happened at, because last time we marched there, we went and added to the memorial. This time we went back to check if any accountability was made. As we went there, we went to the memorial, we spoke to the community, and they demanded a streetlight. They demanded a speed bump and a stop sign, and none of that shit was there. Nothing. Nothing. And this happened over a month ago. So, like, he he should be able, you know, at a minimum, to have a stop sign there to prevent incidents like this from happening, from cars speeding through like that. And and it's still nothing. And we, we saw just last night a NYPD car sped through, almost hit our protest. Like, some lady had to come, a bystander, was so distraught she come she came over and told us like she saw the whole thing but anyway after them after we went to the site we checked that out there was nothing we went right to the precinct <laughs> and we we marched over there real silently and, and we turned up and you know they had no idea they couldn't even put the barricades up in time like that was the closest we ever got into the 84th precinct <laughs> we ran their badge numbers and everything we found a whole bunch of more dirty cops like one with over ten allegations. Oh, it was crazy. It was turn. So you yeah, join us. Come outside. Focus on accountability. Those politicians, those police, and the people. Yep. Talk to him, Rudy. Hey. Uh. So today we're recording this on January fifth, but tomorrow, the sixth, is We the People's two-year anniversary. Uh, so We the People has been. Going- <laughs> for two years straight on the corner of Fulton and Nostrand, feeding over 200 people every single week, nonstop, no breaks, um, rain, sleet, or snow. 
um, in this historically black neighborhood. Um, and it, it, you know, we've talked a little bit about on on uh, the podcast before how important it is that uh, for mutual aid to be consistent. Um, it's different from government funded projects like food banks and stuff. It's also different from one off things that people do. It's important because it's it's always there. So like when we go out there on Thursdays in Bed-Stuy, um, there are people already lining up because they, they know that it is a reliable thing that they can depend on. Um, and and the, and another difference between it and like a, a nonprofit or whatever is that it inspires people. There are people who showed up this past week and brought jollof rice and they, they knew somebody who knew somebody who knew about we the people and they just came and brought the food. Um, we see, we got people who organize the, the distro now who are from the community who are, I see them there when I walk by with my mom and they, they, they normally are just vendors on the corner, but then they, when we show up on Thursdays, they, they, they start, um, handing out food and, and stuff and talking to the community and asking what people need. And so that is the power of mutual aid. And that's the difference because it, it enables people to start taking action in their community and start thinking about things in a different way. Um, and so we, the people is very proud to announce that we're not just going to be on the corner of Fulton and Ocean and Bed-Stuy. We're also going to be in another historically black neighborhood, Harlem, Uptown, 125th and Lexington, um, every Saturday afternoon, uh, just like we're going to have Bed-Stuy every Thursday, every Saturday. So so anyone, people who can support, who are uptown, who maybe haven't been able to make it um, to Brooklyn because our trip, now you're going to have something more closer to you, um, be able to participate. Um, we need all the same support, transportation, cooking, volunteers on site. Um, getting the word out, outreach, um, and we'll also need the additional um, funding. So we'll, I'm sure we'll have the, the different ways you can support us and fund We The People as a community-funded project, um, but we need that help too. So hit us up on uh, hit us up on the Instagram, check us out, tune in. You're going to start seeing stuff for We The People Bed-Stuy and We The People Harlem. Yeah. 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 Yo, I gotta, yeah, I gotta, that's what I gotta focus on. I gotta focus on it, like looking at the camera, looking at, yeah, man, because I'll be like all over here and shit. I'll be talking, I'll be like, boo, yeah, yeah, really far. Um, all right, yeah, as far as, uh, far as, uh, what's going on with, um, uh, the Eric, the reject Eric Adams, uh, I, I took this, like I said, I took a step back. Um, like I said, I wanted to, uh, of work on the on the um on the workshops. I wanted to work on the workshops. And uh also I think Eric Adams he got a fork. You know what I mean? I think the fork is in him, man. I mean I I, I might I might push him a couple more times, get his ass, make sure he don't get elected again. But um right now I'm like at the drawing board trying to figure out uh who's the next person to go at. Um when I do come back outside I still um still will be marching for the same demands. Um, my dog going crazy. He want to come out the room right now. You already know. But um, uh, the same demands. Um, housing for the houseless. Um, uh, for police to police their own communities. For um, more community resources. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, we got to put. Uh, I used to have to uh, call the mayor, but we used to. Um, yeah, it's still gonna be called the mayor. We just gotta figure out who's gonna be the next one. But Eric Adams, I think he got a fork in him. 
We we might even have to change the slogan for that shit instead of reject Eric Adams. Like Eric Adams is done or some shit like that. <laughs> the Eric Adams is done march or something. I don't know. Uh, that's got to go. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's uh we got we got updates coming next 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 episode. We uh we got a lot to catch up on. Um and we we're probably gonna have another fire interview, you know what I mean? But uh this 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 was a uh this was an unapologetic talk interview right here with Hawk Newsom with Unapologetic Hawk. That's <laughs> I call it unapologetic hawk. And I hope y'all enjoyed that. Um check out what he's doing and everything, support whatever way you can. Um support we the people, support Swars. Um uh, fire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Um, support Blue Sky. Black Sky. Black Sky, goddammit. Black Sky. Black Sky. Plug that real quick, Rudy. <laughs> yeah, Black Sky, uh, building the black social network. The last black social network is what I'm calling it now. Um, and yeah, Blue Sky. Well, my page is now public, so you can you can get a feel for what Black Sky looks like if you just go to my um, Blue Sky profile. Um, Black Sky itself hopefully will be more publicly visible soon. But yeah, man, lots of topics. Uh, always inf- uh, important information shared there. A lot of the stuff I see there when I bring to the podcast. Lots of black academics. They was going crazy over Claudine Gay this past week. Cat Williams, they was talking about it. So all them, all them black Twitter type topics. We were having that conversation on Black Sky. So check us out. Yo, Rudy, drop that link right now. I freed up space on my phone. <laughs> ah, okay. I can finally get it. So I'm gonna make an account. So I'm out there talking shit too. I got Miles signed up at the New Year's um, party at, at Lawrence. Um, oh, that's yeah. fine. I can't wait to see Miles take Miles. Be- Miles yeah, like Miles. <laughs> Look, here he is right here. Nigga said, "My what?" <laughs> <laughs> Your takes, nigga. On what topics? Or anything. Oh, yeah. You say you're going to post on Black Sky, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. That's all the Poly Day Talk. Catch y'all next week. Bye. Right. <laughs>